Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here for episode 260, our season 26 finale. It is Monday, February the 21st, 2022. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? We have reached the end of yet another season here in the world wow, of OVP. it's the end of this one, huh? It is the end of this one, folks. And thanks for being with us here for this one. We're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling today. We do have some topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you have a Twitter, why don't you follow us there? At OVP Podcast on Twitter. You get your fill of daily wrestling gifts. It's a fun time, no drama. At OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to. At OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is O. VP podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk to you and me and well over 1,300 retro wrestling fanatics, where might they go? Over at facebook.com slash fanatics, the fanatical website. Very fanatical. Fanatics. It's radical, dude. Um, it's so radical and fanatical, dude. Dude. Um, over there at the dude site, they got a search bar. In the search bar, you type our vantage point, dash retro wrestling podcast, ping, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kafloey. You hit the hit the dude button and you're in. And what all we're asking you to do, by the way, when you hit that dude button uh, and join the group, is agree to one rule, one rule only, which is don't be what Quinn. A dunderhead. You can be a dude though. You be a dude or dudette. Yeah, dudette, dude. Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. We don't like the dunderheads. All we mean by that, folks, is we know that not everyone, believe it or not, we understand that not everyone agrees on all the same things when it comes to retro wrestling, and that's quite all right. We welcome discussion, debate, questions, topics, funny pictures, whatever you got. The only thing we ask is if you're going to disagree with somebody, don't get into one of these arguments where you start hurling personal attacks at each other. It's wrestling, guys. Don't worry about it. No hurling. Yeah, no hurl. It's a no hurl zone. Okay? Just have fun over there. Give it a shot. Also, if you like OVP, maybe you've been listening for a few weeks, a few months, or a few years, and you like what we do, you want more of it, we have a lot more of it over at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Don't grunt. Don't groan. It's a place where we make it available for you to support us if you want to. We're not trying to rip you off or anything like that or get rich doing this, but we've got a lot of extra content there. We've got the 1984 Canon. We're all the way up to August of 1984 right now over there. Incredible. It is incredible. And we've also got the pay-per-view reviews. The latest one is Survivor Series 94 and coming out in a few weeks. We're kicking off 95 with the Rumble. Whoa. Can't wait for that one. Pam Anderson will be there. Amazing. Dink will be there. Dink. (laughs) Dink. Yeah. If you want to check it out and see what we think of every WWF pay-per-view going back to the first WrestleMania, patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to support us. All right, Michael. Uh Uh-huh. It's been a hell of a season. It has. It's been an epic one, I would say. It's been a lot of fun because... For the opening segment of this season, we've been taking your suggestions to talk about when a wrestler leaves one promotion and joins another one. And we've talked about a lot of people that have made an impact, such as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They did. Lex Luger. Uh, We talked about some fun ones like Bobby Heenan and Gene Mm -hmm. Okerlund, Sean Waltman. 
all these people. Yep. And it's when amazing. These, it is amazing. And when these people leave that promotion, they join the other one. Some people might call it a leap, a career change, a transition, but we've been calling it a jump. Should I stay or should I go? Might as well jump. Jump. Welcome back to The Jump, where we've been talking about the impact of one wrestler leaving a promotion, joining another, what that did to affect that wrestler's career, and the promotions involved. And like I've mentioned, we had uh, some fan suggestions. Now, this one, this was the inevitable one. No matter what, I knew we had to talk about this. But a few people did throw the name out there, just to be safe. Uh, And so let's say thank you to Tony Torres. Okay. This was co-signed, I want to say, by Tony Leg Day. Whoa, Leg Day was involved. Leg Day. And Travis Voltz. Oh, Travis. Thank you to everyone that posted suggestions. Obviously, we only had 10 of these, so we had to pick what we felt would be the best ones to talk about. But obviously, was there ever a question that the final jump discussion would be Hulk Hogan? And when you test the power of Hulkamania, realize that it's a test of time. It's something that's been established, something that everybody believes in, especially the little Hulkamaniacs. How do you not talk about him, Corey? There he is. I mean, really, if we're really being honest with... uh, the (laughs) biggest jump ever. Right. And multiple times, and that's why we have to talk about the Hulkster. Now, we've talked about Hogan a lot, obviously, and most of you, if not all of you listening here, know the story of Hulk Hogan throughout his various stages of, of his career. So what I really want to focus on is why it mattered. We'll give you a brief rundown. Now, Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, Terry Gene Bollea. Wow. Uh, I mean, very Gene. Very, he's Gene, all right. <laughs> he had started wrestling in 77, and by 79, he made his World Wrestling Federation debut. Most notably fought Ted DiBiase at that MSG show. Remember? <laughs> yeah. His opponent makes his Madison Square Garden debut, hailing from Venice Beach, California, Weighing 320 pounds, the incredible Hulk Hogan. So, Quinn, how would you describe Hulk Hogan's early 70? Because he was in WWE of 79 to 81, folks. Managed by classy Fred Blassie, he was a heel. How would you describe his early heel character? Kind of just like a show-off, like a fake version of superstar Billy Graham. Freddie Blassie. The only genius of professional wrestling has taught me how to land these 24-inch python arms right around Andre's neck. Just like this. One swat with a Hogan hammer in his skinny little Adam's apple and the Giants going down. I would say, though, that there was a certain charisma about him. Sort of. I mean, I don't know if we put that onto him after the fact kind of thing. You know, like, okay. if, you, if you were just watching the show in 79 and you watch week to week, he might... Uh, who's this? Another big idiot that right. you know Bruno's gonna kick his ass or Backlund's gonna kick his ass or whatever. Well, and he did feud with uh, most notable. He fought Gorilla Monsoon, believe it or not, which yeah. is such a weird thing to think about. But his most notable feud in that run, obviously, was against Andre the Giant. They were kind of the sub main event for that Chase Stadium show in August right. of eighty. Yeah. If you saw the interview at intermission, I said, Andre, have you ever been body slammed? He says, Nope. He's gonna do a suplex on him. Whoa! Oh. Woo-hoo-hoo! And yeah, he never beat Andre, of course. Nobody you know, ever beats nobody Andre. Nobody ever. I yeah. don't lose. 15 years. <laughs> That's during the 15 years. You're a big guy. I don't like you. But anyway, one of the things about Hogan during this period of time, though, even though he didn't beat Andre, he didn't really win that feud, 
is despite being, yes, a Billy Graham inspired character with the daddy and, you know, the imagery and the I'm from California, Venice Beach and all that stuff. Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Yes. He had a look about him that was more impressive than some of the other slogs that they would trot out there. This is true. You he know, had chest hair that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Very bonsai tree-esque. Yeah. Bonsai! And by 1981, he was still there. He was into a feud with Tony Atlas. He then, gets, he, <laughs> he then gets contacted to do... um. An appearance in Rocky Three, which was a very successful franchise already. Sylvester Stallone was interested in him. So why would you not do that? I mean, you become famous. Yep. Vince McMahon Sr., who was still obviously in charge at that time, he was a bit of a wrestling purist and traditionalist in a sense. He didn't want Hulk Hogan to do that. So he was no longer now employed by the World Wrestling Federation. I don't think this is stupid. Even Vince Sr., you're like, I can get free publicity for my wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like, it just never made any sense to me. Hey, same guy that turned down uh, Andy Kaufman. Thunderlips is here in the flesh, baby. Hulk Hogan then leaps over to the AWA, Vern Gagne's territory. And this is in the summer of 81. But I can just imagine what Johnny Valiant looked like when he found out that this man, the incredible Hulk Hogan, has been wrestling one man on most occasions instead of two. Now, Vern Gagne... Saw a lot in him, even though he was you know wasn't a wrestler, you know, one of those. He wasn't a you know amateur wrestler. But Hogan entered as a heel, Johnny V as his manager, quickly turned face because look at him, and especially here's the thing in the AWA, look at him, Quinn. Oh, I mean you com- and I have seen AWA. Compare compared to what's <laughs> usually going on over there with the holds and all this <laughs> right. shit and Brad Reingans. And Vern himself had just retired. Oh yeah, I forgot. Nick- Vern's still hanging around at that point and Nick Bockwinkle was Vern's successor as champion and Nick Bockwinkle looked old I love him I love Bock but he he looked old so to have Hogan come in of course the fans caught on to him and Hulkamania was really born in the AWA it's truth justice in the Hulkster's way and Hulkamania is running wild the fans seemed to want him to be the champion Hulk made his own shirts he made his own shirts and he started doing the t-shirt tearing routine and he started giving these more dynamic promos and Mean Gene was over there and Hulk Hogan get in here Venice Beach right what about Nick Bockwinkle the world's heavyweight champion (laughs) and it turned into a bit of a phenomenon you know relative to the AWA which was not out of contention yet still a national company at that point but Vern didn't want to make him the champion just yet in 83 he relents but there was a caveat, and you know what that caveat was. When Vern wanted a cut of Hulk Hogan's merchandise and Japan money. Yes. Now, that's not to say, see, I want to make something clear here. I think some people go, well, doesn't WF get a cut also of Hulk Hogan's merchandise? You know, but I think it was the percentage was like 50% or something insane. Like it was like, it like, was very high. It was way more than like anywhere. Right. Basically. Right. Especially for a guy that like was homemade making the shirts himself. And right. Shit. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, there, there used to be this rumor until the internet really started to clear things up that Vern never wanted to put a, the title on him. But he did. He was willing to. He absolutely did because he wanted to make that merch money. Right. And when Hulk said, uh, no, brother, uh, you're not not getting 50% of my shit. Right. Then Vern said, uh, no, you're not the champion. So jump number one is Hogan from WWF to AWA. Obviously a great move for Hogan. Right. We don't know what would have become of him in the WWF had he stayed past 81. But I mean, the way they were kind of cycled through guys, he might not have stayed that long anyway. Because right. we're still in that territory mindset in the early 80s. So to have Hogan come in for the AWA run for a couple of years, it was good for them. It was good for him. The leg smash. Here is the cover. 
Here is the count. One, two, three. It's all over. Hulk Hogan has done it. Hulk Hogan is the champion. Over in the WWF by 83. Bob Backlund's been the champion for 17 years at this point. Oh, my goodness. And I think even though I, I like Bob Backlund, and I know a lot of our fans do. I don't. His, <laughs> I know that. His 83, Quinn, <laughs> how would you characterize that? A lot of working out. A lot of, like, doing nothing. Barely you know, even has promo time. Honestly, like, Don Morocco is, like, the lead on the show. Morocco like, and Snooker really yeah. are, right? Because we watched all those episodes, literally every episode of Championship for 83. Backlund just really doesn't seem to matter on that program by that point. It's incredible that Don Morocco had to, like, pick up his slack, essentially. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Like, it was crap outside of Don, Don Morocco and Jimmy Snuka. And I think the fans were, were ready for a change. And Vince McMahon Jr., who had taken over the year before, he was ready for a change. Bob Backlund, World Wrestling Federation champion, whom I'm sure would grant, he really has his work cut out for him. So. He gets Hulk Hogan to come in. And in December of 83, as we well know, the Iron Sheik injures Bob Ackland's neck, takes him on at the Madison Square Garden. Arnold Scullin throws in the towel your new World Wrestling Federation champion, the Iron Sheik. Bob Backlund would never forget it. Nope. Ten years! Ten years, Arnold! I waited ten years every day of my life! Fast forward to... WWF's first episode of Wrestling at the Chase, January 1st, 1984, it airs. And Hulk Hogan is here. Who does he fight, by the way? He fights Bill Dixon, of course, the historic <laughs> matchup. That's right. Bill Dixon, watch the cannon. He's good. He's very good. It's also Mean Gene's debut. And Hulk Hogan is a face now. No more Blassie, because that was the last time the WWF fan saw him was with Blassie. Right. They did notice that he's changed yes. his ways or something. So on the January 7th episode of Championship Wrestling, which is available on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out, Bob Backlund recruits Hulk Hogan to help him, like, fend off the Samoans. Yeah. Oh! you got to be kidding And then Backlund endorses Hogan. He's like, he's, I, I talked to him. Yeah, I talked to him. Or some shit. He's a great man now. He changed his ways. He told me he's not going to blast you around anymore. He's changed his ways. He's a great man. He's told me he's not going to blast you around. We all know this. The night Hulkamania is born in the WWF. January 23rd, 84. The evil foreigner, the Iron Sheik, WWF champion. One of the nefarious circumstances. Hulk Hogan, the American hero. He's doing it for America. He's a replacement for Bob Backlund. He comes in. Leg drop, hooks the leg. New world champion. There you have it. Hulk Hogan, he drops a big leg on him. He's now for the cover of the leg. One, two, he got him. That first jump is basically complete. It's off to the races after this. It's just, he's Hulk Hogan, the historical figure. Yep. And we all know this, right? We don't need to run down his WWF career. But George Washington Hogan. <laughs> George Washington Hogan. What we will say, though, is Hulk Hogan undoubtedly became a bit of a pop culture phenomenon as he the 80s wrestling. went on. He became wrestling. Yeah, he was wrestling to, now, to the mainstream. Why is that, though, Quinn? That's the one thing I want to try to put our fingers on is why did it work with him? It's not just Hulk. I mean, Hulk is a big part of it, but I think it's also like the timing and the... 
the expanding going on and he was the lead guy when it was expanding. He was the guy chosen to be the guy while they were getting into the mainstream. Do you think it really would have worked with anyone else or is this just no, a it was perfect like, storm? It, it was a good combination, right? It was like a good guy to pick. As your flag would, bearer. As your flag bearer. It just worked. You know what I mean? It's like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. Because he could do the PR. Right. Like, imagine if it was Jimmy Snooker. Seriously, as a face of the it company. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean, Club, though. Clubnet, the Arizona <laughs> arena. You know, like... <laughs> or him doing SNL. Yeah, I, nobody would... They would have died they on would, the vine yeah, there. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Would have killed it. Oh, come on! But Hogan coming in and being able to carry things and roll with the punches on live TV and roll with things, it really worked. And he was larger than life. He was a big guy. He did look like a comic book hero or, or a cartoon hero. And they framed him as such. And they framed him as such. And he, he always had a giant to slay. You know, Andre the Giant, Big John Stud, King Kong Bundy, or an evil like villain like Randy Savage or Roddy Piper or Ted DiBiase. And he always had merchandise to show, whether it be action figures, t-shirts. A cartoon uh, series. Cartoon board games like fucking cereal yeah cereal <laughs> you know hulk hogan vitamins the new champion of children's chewables he was such a public face of the wwf that he was the first one that people pointed fingers at in 1991 when the zahorian accusations started right we knew all along he yeah. had to be on steroids <laughs> hulk hogan might not be the wholesome hero yet no fucking shit look at you know him. what i mean oh like, really oh you mean to tell me axel rose might do drugs too yeah. while we're at it <laughs> So anyway, Hulk Hogan obviously takes a sabbatical, comes back for one last run. We've talked about 93 Hogan in great stressful detail, so we won't do that here. The bottom line with Hogan is he finishes up in the U.S. in June, finishes up on European television in August of 93. Because Mario Cozone is ready for you. This time, you are chasing us for the WWF belt. You understand by sound? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> and the luster was somewhat lost near the end there. It was. It, yeah. it really looked like he knew he was done. The WWF knew he was done. He was still drawing, but at the same time, it was just very generic, and it's like by the numbers. Very like, by the numbers. It's just nothing. And now, I don't know if someone out there knows uh, the exact month of 93 that his contract expired, because all I ever hear is later in the year. I know that he was still in their good graces up to about October of 93, because Vince always wanted that open door. Maybe I'll get him back for another run, right? He was still, like, mentioned sometimes. He was, right. You know what I mean? He's still in their merch and stuff. Yeah. But I know for sure that his contract did expire by the end of 93. And for whatever reason this time around, it just didn't work out with him and Vince. And he starts making overtures or WCW makes overtures towards him in March of 1994. And Mean Gene starts visiting Hogan on the Thunder in Paradise set. And this airs on WCW television now. I'm checking on the condition of none other than Hulk Hogan on location Thunder in Paradise up and running worldwide. Well, you know, it's about time, Mean Gene, you came back to check out what condition my condition is in, brother. Six, eight months earlier, that type of shit was airing on WWF TV. Well, this goes back to the Mean Gene jumping right. thing. So, <laughs> yes, there interestingly you go. enough, Mean Gene's got scoops yep. and they have nothing to do with WF anymore. That's right. And we start now promoting Hulk Hogan and WCW. Is he going to sign? And he finally decides to sign and we know it. Thumbs up, Hogan. Okay. Horrible. June of By the way, the, the, whole, the whole thing with the Minnie Mouse and I know. It, what is he doing here? Put your John Henry on there. I'm going to have you with uh, your John Henry. Let's talk about this jump, though, Quinn. Uh -huh. Hulk Hogan, this is June of 94, had spent the better part of the last decade, think about that, mm -hmm. decade, 
as the premier face of North American or at least United States and some international professional wrestling, right? Yes. He was so closely identified with the WWF, right? Mm -hmm. That I think in a lot of people's minds, people always thought Hulk Hogan, WWF, Hulk Hogan, WWF, right? right? It almost seemed inconceivable that he would jump to another promotion. At the same time, and I can attest to this as a newer fan back then, I thought Hulk Hogan jumping to WCW meant that, oh, well, WCW now is the top promote, like automatically, yes. right? Like as as somebody just getting into this, especially newer people, all of a sudden you're like, oh, WCW, like they're clearly like the best now because they have Hulk Hogan. Like whoever has Hulk Hogan is is wrestling. Think about the weight that that carries, though. His presence on WCW television Instantly shoots them up in credibility. Yeah. Instantly. Instantaneously. They are they are now the premier wrestling federation, even they, though nobody knows. Like, here's the thing. It's like a lot of people didn't watch WCW, right? Like, I know wrestling fans who listen well, to this show, but, but I'm saying the mainstream. They weren't mainstream. They're like, who the fuck is Steve Austin? Like, who, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, who, <laughs> Who's Dustin Rhodes? Yeah, like, they turn this on. They're like, who are they? I, I've seen Rick Rude before, you know? People that remember from NBC and Saturday Night's yeah, Main Event. Yeah, exactly. So I know like, the Ultimate Warrior and the Snake Guy. Yeah, exactly. Right? And they have the Renegade, which is like sort <laughs> of the have them yet, but yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the point is, is that like WCW, it was just weird in it general. It was weird. Yeah, like people were, they didn't know the roster. Right. You know? So Hogan's first two years in WCW, he kind of did the same shtick in the WWF, but Listen, even if from a creative standpoint, some of it's dopey. Yeah, I mean, he feuded with Ric Flair. He did immediately, and it which, worked. Which that was, again, again for the people coming in who don't know anything about that. <laughs> right. They're like, who are all these people? But we know Ric Flair. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, Rick. oh, okay, Ric Flair, because he was in WF that time. Right. Like, we know, like, that's all it comes down to for, like, the mainstream. It's like, oh, he was in WF. And then who do they associate Randy Savage with immediately when he comes in? Hulk Hogan, yeah. right? So they did it really well. And then then the other WWF guys start trickling in. Dug like, in and stuff. Earthquake and honky. honky. Yeah. yeah. So whatever you want to say about it creatively, the formula of Hogan slaying the giant, like Vader and people like that, and the Dungeon of Doom, it did work. Yes. It's, it's a throwback to the 80s. It's a little dopey. It's a little hokey. But it worked, right? It worked enough. I don't even know if I would, back then, if it was considered a throwback as much as it was considered like, oh, Hulk's here now. Like, right? Like, people weren't throwing back. They were just like, well, that's what Hulk always does. Right. Like, he always wears the yellow and red and he always know, does the hand thing with his ear and stuff. He always beats up big fat guys. Yeah. He always gets turned on by one of his friends, in but this now, case, Beefcake. But now he does it in WCW. So, WCW must be important. And then, if you're a casual fan, you're like, what is what is World Wrestling Federation doing? And then you turn it on and you see Bob Spark Pogali. You're like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Why is it, <laughs> why is it like dank? Like, why, why is the arena dark? <laughs> Who's Adam Bomb? Yeah. Look at this clown. Yeah. Look at this literal clown. Why are there other clowns? Why can I see the ceiling? <laughs> Why can- I agree, Rogers. It's, it's these things. It, it's it, true. It, all of a sudden, it looks cheaper. Right. You're like, why is that tag team guy, Bret Hart, the champion? <laughs> uh, right. The, but you're right, though. Look, if you're not keeping up or whatever, and you haven't watched wrestling in yeah. a while, and you're living in 1994, and you turn it on, and you're like, what is going on here? We're speaking from that perspective. Yeah. Well, even if maybe you are a WWF fan... But you're not into the new generation. Randy yeah. Savage isn't wrestling anymore. 
maybe you're not a Bret Hart guy, right? Mm-hmm. Seriously, maybe you don't care. But why does like, Shawn Michaels look so different? Yeah, why is Shawn Michaels yeah, ex- fighting with a ladder? You know, yeah, yeah. maybe you do turn <laughs> so, it on. And who the hell's Razor Ramon? Yeah, exactly. You're like, I don't like this shit. And then you flip over, kind of like with when AEW started. Yeah, and people are like, you know what? I do want an alternative. Right. Exactly. So anyway. We know the heel turn and how important that was. We don't need to rehash that. In the new world organization of wrestling, brother. It was obviously the perfect time, and it capitalized on the outsiders who had just come in. It really led to a a boon for WCW creatively, merchandise, ratings, everything. And obviously, Hulk Hogan was a major driver in WCW's success uh, in the mid to late 90s, right? There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for them getting Hulk Hogan, I don't think, and I mean this, I don't think WCW would have ever been as successful. What do you think of that? I absolutely agree. I think that's like, that's the thing. Is like, I feel like that's the number one reason WCW took off, basically, right? It was getting Hulk Hogan, right? Right. And even though it, we look at it retroactively and we always say, well, the NWO really did it, right? Well, yeah. But I mean, none of that would have worked without Hulk Hogan coming in two years before, right? Correct. He was the reason you were even watching the Mauler Mall, his opponent, exactly. like on Nitro. He's the reason they had a Nitro. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> it, it's not the same thing like it was in WWF where it, it brought everyone in. Right. Like it's more, it kind of brought people that were already there and maybe hadn't watched in a while into WCW just to see what was going on. Well, that's the thing, right? Let's say you're watching a talk show and Hulk Hogan's on it in 94, yeah. 95, and you haven't watched wrestling in years. Now, when he mentions what he's doing, he's directing you to WCW. Okay, so the big match is... Uh, hey, match at the beach. Pay-per-view. Hulk Check Hogan. It out. What's it going to do, brother? Hulk Hogan, ladies and gentlemen. And what I always find so interesting about Hulk and the whole, the two years in between the WCW and NWO starting thing, yeah. right, is that the people that, you know, it had tapered off for two years or whatever. It, it had, yes. But I, I do, I always find it interesting is the people that Hulk did bring in and the people that did stick with it. The minute all that NWO shit started going down, it really felt like a weird water cooler effect where people were like telling other people, they're like, Hey, that guy from WWF came to the WCW, you know, the place with Hulk. Yeah, like, right, you, like, right, you know right. what I mean? Like, and like that's all of that laid this groundwork. And there's just an amazing water cooler effect because that's how wrestling regained its popularity, right? Like, weird shit started happening. And people started reporting it to their friends, maybe at work or at school or something. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm telling you, man, I wasn't an adult or a young adult at that time, yeah. you know, in 96. But I would wager that most people, if they were talking about wrestling casually, they were talking about the NWO and not Farouk Assad. <laughs> yeah. You know, versus Shawn Michaels and or Sonny something. And yeah. Stuff. As much as as much as I like, you know, Farouk. Yeah. I don't think people were talking about him or Sean or no. Ahmed Johnson they were or going, Sonny. Hey, you know that thing Hulk does? Yeah. Yeah. The other <laughs> company that he was in they, they're coming to get him or something right. and i think it's real like, <laughs> yeah, like right. it, got, that's seriously like what they preyed on and it all again stems back to hulk they weren't talking about mark marrow or hunter hearst yeah. or any of the other bozos in 96 wwf i think they're gonna fight hulk they're, right. they're gonna come go get hulk right it's real <laughs> <laughs> i think we should also briefly mention his jump back to the wwf in o2 sure his o2 return showed that there was a a fondness, you know what I mean? A nostalgia, if you will. That no matter how stale Hulk Hogan got, the minute you put him in a new situation, 
all of a sudden everyone's like, hey, it's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But what's he doing? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, And I think it was huge for WrestleMania 18. You know yeah. what I mean? I really think it helps sell that. Mm-hmm. I really it was do. like, hey, this could be the last time you see Hulk and WF. Like, yeah. he, and he's going to fight The Rock. Yep. That was such a brilliant idea because the way the, 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 the years played out after all the NWOs and the, you know, attitudes and all this. When they announced that The Rock was fighting Hulk and I'm like, I never thought this would ever happen. Same. Right? It's like, because I Same. thought, I, first of all, I never f- figured WCW with Hulk Hogan would go out of business. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> but second of all, I just figured like, The Rock's younger, like Hulk's a different generation. They're probably never, like Hulk's probably going to be retired by the time he even gets the opportunity to fight The Rock. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it was just... They really they hit the ball out of the park with that one because they they did they they did it right away yep. and they said you know we got to do this before Hulk is like done done yeah he still had some gas in the tank obviously right, yeah please welcome Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, the character we're talking about here, probably the most important one. I think so. I mean, these jumps always led to something good for him, obviously, but because got to take care of himself, brother. The entire 90s boom is based off this jump. The 80s and 90s. The booms. 80s and 90s. Yeah, both of them. It's just sorry. It, yeah. It's just like a crazy phenomenon in a lot of ways that Hulk Hogan's name carried that much weight after his. AWA run into the WWF, that was a big deal. And then the WWF jump to WCW was a big deal. And then even going back was a big deal. So whether you're a Hulkamaniac or not, we think you can probably agree that every time Hogan jumped here that we're talking about, it was extremely important to the wrestling business. And that's why we saved him for last year on the jump. Guys, we want to thank you so much for all of your suggestions. Really, we really do appreciate that. And feel free to let us know your thoughts. If we've missed anything, overlooked anything, let us know that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it is the final flush. That's right, the worst Royal Rumbles of all time. We're finalizing them. That'll be coming up right after this. MTV's got a brand new show, The Big Show, with big videos, live music, weird acts, comedy, and a different call-in contest every night. They're giving away cash. They're giving away TVs. They're even giving away a bus trip to Cleveland. They're giving away cameras, comic books, a jet ski, and a one-night stand with the who. They're even giving away me, or at least a night with me, at a private screening of my new movie. And on the first night of the show, they're giving away this new Harley Davidson. It's the big show. Live contest. The largest arms in the world. Live winners every night. Premieres this Monday at 8 p.m. 7 Central, only on MTV. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. Get the hell out of here! From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vanish Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. Episode 260 
on Monday, February the 21st, 2022. Hello there, Mike. Hello. Before the final flush, folks, we just wanted to make mention one more time of our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And I mean it when I say it, that we're not trying to get rich or rip you off here. Just want that to be clear. The reason we have it is because people wanted to support us, right? And we wanted to do extra content. And we put those two things together on Patreon. It's where you can get a lot of extra OVP stuff. And I suggest maybe you just try it out. And if you don't like it, you cancel it. We really won't be upset or offended by that. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You're going to get two tiers. That's all we offer. The $2 tier is the 1984 Canon, which uh, it goes all the way back really to January of 82. And right now it's in August of 84. We watch every episode of Championship Wrestling in order. You can watch it along with us in video form or just listen in podcast form. Quinn, you have always described it as watching wrestling with your two friends. Yeah, so you hang out with your friends, right? You, get, it. you get to just sit there. This shit goes down. Matches might suck, but hey, you know, you tell stories, you do things, yeah. and, and characters become your favorites who you might not care about. Jobbers become your favorites. Yeah, you, you, know? you start recognizing the jobbers. It's kind of just like a join us every week, and you'll you'll get into you'll see you'll, you'll see. see why it's the most fun. There's yeah. a lot of people that say it's their favorite thing that we do. Right. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I've heard that from multiple it's people. It's true. And that's on the $2 tier. Two bucks a month. Now, if you want to upgrade, the whole hog will only cost you $5 a month. Wow. The entire hog. Three more dollars? That's it. That's it? So five bucks a month is going to get you that 1984 Canon, but you're also going to get the pay-per-view reviews that we mentioned. Now, these we put a lot of work and effort into, and they're meant to either last you the entire month if you want to or you know like some of the crazies they they listen to them in one shot the wow. day they come out either way however you consume it you're going to get every WWF pay-per-view reviewed in order they're like three three and a half hours these shows and they're in the same style that we do this main show you know you get your drop-ins of all the action and stuff like that it's a really fun time folks mm-hmm. so if you've been thinking about it get off the fence go over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast try it out Again, if you don't like it, just cancel it. It really is okay, but at least try it, maybe, if you want to. If you don't, we understand. All right, Quinn, the final flush. The final flush. Here it is. Is it, folks? So what is Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Well, each season before the season starts, we have asked you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was Royal Rumble matches. And what happens is we tally up all your votes. We put them in the two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. And then we rank them. And that way, by the end of the season, what you will have is the definitive certified organic, baptized, ordained, non-GMO, USDA certified organic, extra crunchy, best and worst Royal Rumble matches of all time. Now, last week, we finished the best. That's done. Yep, that's it. And for the worst, we've got eight names on the board. This should be fun. The final two, I think so. Mm -hmm. We'll be coming out shortly. Quinn, let's run them down real quick. At number one, Really, it is heinous. 2015. It's heinously horrible. <laughs> we, I, I hate it. This is not redeeming at all. No. The, no- the, the, upon further review, the, the, the triple threat of the, the shitty Royal Rumbles, yeah. it's like, they are they're potent. There's yeah. a, <laughs> they're very potent. potent. Yeah. Now, uh, number two is the one that came the year before, 2014. Yep. The, the first part of the trilogy. Yep. Number three, because it's short- and the roster is awful, is mm. 1995. Yep. I don't have a, a problem with the end. It's the, it's the roster on it. It's the just, roster. It's one of the worst of all time. 
And I say the same thing about 99s. Like, I don't have a problem with Vince winning. That's number four. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's the Royal Rumble where they didn't care about the Royal Rumble. This, you know? That Royal Rumble is always weird to me because I always forget it existed. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like It, it was all storyline about yeah. Vince and Austin. No one else was winning that shit. <laughs> Golga and Kurgan and shit are in it yeah, still. You always got to give Golga a shot. That's true. Number five, 1993, which is pretty crappy. Yeah, I agree. The, the, the Caesar one. The succulent foods yeah uh number six the final in the trilogy of bad royal rumbles it's not as bad as the other two though that's 2016 yeah. it's really not as bad we agree no but it's also it's, it's still it's not good it's leaky all right there's some it's leak like, yeah he's he's in it uh number seven 2012 that's the Seamus royal rumble mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the fuck people's problem with that was. I didn't mind Seamus. I think because new bad or so, you know, newer, newer is newer is badder by default. Number eight. Listen, 1988. (laughs) It's not that bad. It's also like, they're like, we don't even know what we don't know what this is yet. Yeah. yeah, It's also (laughs) honestly, I don't like the show. In yeah, general. You, you don't mind the match as much as you don't like the show, yeah. right? 88. The, the stalling at the end is like unbelievable. I hate this, Jussie. Yeah. So those are the eight on the board. Before we go down to uh, Howard Finkel, Quinn, let's just remind fans, maybe they're joining us for the first time here, of the criteria that we have developed as we've gone on, right? So a good Royal Rumble has a good roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe several credible winners. Four I to remember six people. It. You remember it for a good reason. It has memorable moments. It has good action. You know, nonstop action sometimes in certain cases where it's not just a bunch of people laying around, you know. Not not a bunch of tag wrestlers. Not a bunch of tag wrestlers, right. Yeah, who have no chance <laughs> right. at all. Unless uh, you're Axe. He always has a chance. Yeah. But a bad Royal Rumble, Quinn, is characterized by a all, bunch of tag all wrestlers. The, all the things we just said. <laughs> right. But not those things, like bad. A lot of laying around, a lot of dead spots, things like that. We're going to finalize this list right now. Before we do that, we must go down to Howard Finkel for the final flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Batista Shawn Michaels at this time is throwing his name into the many names that will be competing at the Royal Rumble in Fresno. It's the final flush. Yeah, with the toilets yeah. here. Hey, there's they're, real there too. This is it. Fix the damn toilet. <laughs> Okay. Every time with that, I, it just it, it never will end. It never gets old. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Those are the names on the board. We've run those down. You heard some names in the intro. People are probably wondering what's going to make it because uh, there's a lot of Royal Rumbles still that aren't on either of these lists, right? Could be. It could be anything. Literally at this rate, it could be. So let's find out, folks. Let's go down to the fan. Oh, quick reminder here: Quinn and I do not vote on these. We're just ranking what was given to us. This is true. We, we need to. Rem- we don't. Hey. We just rank them. We we're, don't decide who's on the list here. We're just the scientists here. Without any further ado, why don't we go down to the fans? Let's find out which Royal Rumble drew. Number nine. For the first time ever, 
An unprecedented 40 elite WWE superstars will compete in the biggest Royal Rumble match in WWE history. Hey, Quinn, I've got a question for you. Mm -hmm. What if we took the 30-man Royal Rumble and added 10 more people to it? Mm, I, You know, as a fan, I didn't think that that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Well, some of our fans must not like this one because yeah. 2011 made it. So let's yeah. talk. Ugh. On paper, that's not terrible, <laughs> right? Uh, the only reason I'm saying that is because here's the thing, right? Yeah. You know what this does? What? It kind of like makes the... Of course you're defending No, this. I'm only defending it because honestly, when you turn on the Royal Rumble, look at the undercard. There's only three undercard matches that aren't dark. Good point. Good point. You know what I mean? Like... When I turn the Royal Rumble on every year, I'm really only there for the Royal. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I know nothing of worth is going to happen that isn't like dependent on the Royal Rumble. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You know, like even the championship matches, they're all just feeding into the Royal Rumble. Technically, you know. Well, Royal Rumble 2011 took place January 30th, 2011, at the TD Garden in Boston. Mm -hmm. Fifteen thousand folks on hand. And uh, this is the first and only time um, for the main Royal Rumble pay-per-view that they had 40 men in it. Right. We're increasing the size. Yeah. Great. More Royal Rumble, Joe. Can't wait. It's going to be great. Now, this one, again, this is one that I've seen, I think, once, maybe twice at most. It's been a long time. I've, I've probably watched it more than once just because I, I, I love... I, I don't mind this one. I know. I know you don't. I'm not, I don't say, I'm not saying, you know, it's not the best Royal Rumble right. of all time or anything, but I really, really like this one for some dumb reason. There's a few things in it that I like yeah. as well, so we'll get to those. So we're going to run down the roster, folks, and uh, let's start with number one. It was CM Punk. CM Punk. Yeah, unfortunately, this is not Punk's first appearance of the night. Yeah, there he is. Now, he is not in Summer of Punk mode yet because this is before right. the championship push, so to speak. And I know that there was something going on with the Nexus versus Core. Yeah, the Core. Yeah, the Core. Whatever you call them. And I think CM Punk was still in the Nexus at this point. And he was, was basically, if I recall, he was essentially in it, even if it was like dying off because he still wore the thing on his arm, yeah. like until he cut the pipe bomb. Yeah, like, pretty it much. Was like, it was up to that point, yes. right? Like, it was, it was pretty much like he was always associated with that shit. Yep. And he was, um, they were feuding with the Core, yeah. I believe. They right? were just his minions, basically. And then some of his other minions broke off into a core. Yeah. And then CM Punk's like, well, I'm going to beat you up now. Uh, number two, look at this, though. Dan Bryan. Dan Bryan. So <laughs> this is neat because you have CM Punk and Dan Bryan to, like to start the role. Like, how is that bad? And people people like that. Yeah. Believe me. Now for CM Punk, he's in the big time now. CM Punk, the three-time world champion and about to go to school on this door, Daniel Bryan. They're like the Macho Man and Hulk of their time, right? Yeah, well, like the I prefer Brett and Sean. They're the Brett and Sean Honestly, of their time. But it's yeah, a better comparison. The funny thing is it's always, to me, interchangeable which one's which of those personalities. I'd say CM Punk is more like the Sean because yeah, he has the bigger I, personality. Be, but some people will tell you it's the opposite because they like Bret Hart more and they like CM Punk more, so they'll latch Bret on a CM Punk, which never made any sense to me. It's a weird hypothetical argument yeah. to get into. I advise not doing it. Mm -hmm. Number three is Justin Gabriel Quinn. Yeah. yeah the, PJ Black. Mr. Fucking Velocity over here. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> their main event. Main event's the new Velocity. Sorry. You want to know how long he's in for? 58 seconds. Yeah. Good. And he would be in the WWF for like 20 years or <laughs> something. So with this guy, Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. Ah, yes. I remember him. Remember best wrestler ever or something? Allegedly. Yeah. He's in for 45 seconds. Okay. Number five. 
I love him, William Regal. Yeah, William <laughs> Regal. He has to. He's, he's probably commissioner he of this Royal Rumble. He's probably also no, no. Remember, there's the anonymous GM at this point. Oh, sorry. Like, it's are a we whole in thing. king mode with Regal at this point? I don't I, even know. No, I think he's already abdicated at this point. Yeah, he's just he's just hanging around, getting ready to do um the new NXT as the GM. I think we're getting close to like him. He's involved with something, or he had been with the NXT. I, yeah. I can't remember. I think it's still amazing that even that there is GM still. Just not, just not on the side. No, there should not be. But Can my, we still, stop with still, that? Still my favorite. I'm so fucking sick of the general manager concept. Uh, I, I hate it. But I'll tell you this. It's Joe. been like 25 years of this shit. I'll tell you Enough. this. The best thing with that to ever happen, in all honesty, was when Saturday Morning Slam had Mick Foley as its own separate GM for a 30-minute show every week. That's good. Yeah. It's also where Daniel Bryan had his alternate character yeah. that was only mentioned there. I just like that Saturday Morning Slam was deemed it important enough to have its own general manager. Someone's got to make decisions. Nobody's showing up at fucking 11 in the morning when that's on to, like, to GM that place. This is true. To yeah. GM that place. Yeah. Number six is... Ted DiBiase Jr., who yeah. you might remember from nothing because he wasn't you know what? Good. You know what upsets me about Wikipedia right now? What? That they list him as just Ted DiBiase because it's really confusing. That's because that's what they called him. I hate it. Nobody Sorry. ever thought he was the million dollar man. He was just some kid in his underpants. It, it wasn't, he wasn't that, very good. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, he, really, I mean, he wasn't, really was his son. He's okay, but yeah. Uh, number seven, John Morrison, who was still hanging in at this point. And uh, Morrison was actually somebody that used to do the Kofi Kingston style spots, if you recall. Yes. And he does one in this where he mm -hmm. lands on some, I forget. But anyway, I like him. Number eight, Yoshitatsu. Remember him? Yeah, Yoshitatsu. <laughs> Cue the Yoshi noise. Number nine. <laughs> what a horrible fucking name. Yeah. Bray Wyatt as Husky Harris. Yeah, remember, remember, remember him. Here comes Husky Harris. God. Why did they call him He's that? He's kind of fat. Let's call him Husky. Come on, man. Do we really need to name him after, like, corduroys that kids have to get at JCPenney's section? This might be... We might be in the worst era of, like, naming new wrestlers. Like, this this <laughs> might have been it, Joe. None of these were good. Like, they would always come in and you'd be like, oh, they have an independent name. Let's not use that. That, I know, like, right? people know and is good. Like, the dude's fucking real name is Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah, that seems like immediately, like, why would you not use that? Huh, it, it's almost like it was this forced, like, pay your dues name. Oh, yeah. They're it like, was, right? We don't care that your dad's IRS. We're not paying taxes. They did. <laughs> well, Vince never let yeah. go of that, right? Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, number 10. I don't... Okay. How is he still here? I don't think uh, he, he is, is my point. <laughs> I think that, no, I think he is. You're right. He is still here. Chavo. Yeah. No, Chavo was he's here, still like, there. endlessly. You're right. I was like, going to say, is this like a legend return? But no, he's just there. No, and he's he, not a legend. He's just, he, he, he exists, unfortunately, for all of us. <laughs> Number 11 is... God, Chavo is just the worst. Like, listen, I'm, I'm sure he's a really nice guy in real life. He might but, not be. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Sorry. The point Sorry. is, is that I never gave a shit about Chavo Guerrero in WF. I barely gave a shit about Chavo Guerrero in WCW. Like, he's always like on pro maybe on nitro writing, sometimes uh, writing pepe or something yeah like and he was no. he's very minor what was he writing pepe was like later i think no pepe is mongo mcmichael's dog yeah but also pepe was also oh, a horse it was yeah, the horse i'm pretty sure i think it was double pepe that's <laughs> double pepe double, double pepe. pepe with cheese okay <laughs> number 11 is mark henry good era for him this mm -hmm. is where they were taking him seriously mm -hmm. and it takes a bunch of guys to eliminate him a little bit later 
Number 12, man. Now, is this the guy who I think it... Yes, it is. JTG. So JTG you might know better as the guy that somehow remained employed longer than like anyone in history or some... Like, what was this? Remember this? Didn't he turn his phone off so he couldn't get fired or something? Or was, was that, a- that, was near, that was in the last year, but he was able... I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure he was able to stave them off for like eight months Good. off the phone thing. Good. Like, it was like amazing that they can't fire me if they can't contact me. It was great. I liked him. I had no <laughs> yeah. problem with, with uh, JTG or Shad. I like Shad also. Yeah. Number 13, speaking of poorly named people, Quinn, like you said, mm-hmm. Michael McGillicuddy. Now, do you know who that is without looking? Mr. Perfect's kid. Yes. Curtis Axel, yeah. Joe Hennig. He trains people good or something. I think that's, that's what he does well. That's the worst name ever. Like, what are we doing with naming new people? I, him and Husky Harris. <laughs> it's like they weren't trying. They, I swear. <sighs> It's well, so they bad. were. They were trying to be dumb. They anyway. were trying to sink these people's career. You know what it was? I really think what they thought was we'll give them this name, and then when we repackage them with the better name, it will seem better. Yeah. I think I'm not kidding. And if they don't work out, then they just exist as this crusty character that we never cared about. Maybe. Who knows? It, what a fucking like awful time period of like raising the characters up. But at the same time, they had this like wealth of talent, like this pool of like people who actually could go. They had a pool. Yeah. They had a lot of good wrestlers. Yeah. It, uh, it was just an odd time. Number 14 is not one of them, though. Chris Masters the was masterpiece, still hanging on there. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking the, seriously. Remember with this him. era? Remember this? Yes. Remember the the. I remember watching with you when the masterpiece was unveiled, like he was narcissus. Yes, and I it was remember. Like this big, and his music was absurd. Remember when he got the goatee and everyone got all upset? This is yeah. real. <laughs> this really did happen. I just remember that his music had an intro that was really long. Like, the music's it, good. I like the character. I don't mind da, the character. Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. And it's like, it's literally like a minute and a half of just like a curtain coming up. And like, he, then, he, then it would go. The, the problem is that he didn't exist during Girl of Monsoon's time. He doesn't have those fingers locked That's with the true. master lock. The master Michael lock. Cole. By the way, what a good name for. It is. It's actually good. It's a great name. No, I like the gimmick. I just didn't like him in yeah. the ring. 15, David Otunga. I have nothing. He's married to, to the lady that him. does the music. So Jennifer Hudson. So he's good. He was always just like, whatever to me. I don't yeah. have a problem with him. He's just. I just always felt they whatever. hung on to him mainly because of his marital relations. I'm not kidding. I don't know, Quinn. No, because they didn't do anything with him. There was a point where they're like, when he would come out, I swear they, there was like a period of time and they'd be like, hey, he's married to Jennifer Hudson, the, the famous singer. Yeah, I you guess know? So. Like, And I'm not kidding. I thought like they're just doing that, aren't they? The problem is that they had him in the fucking Nexus forever and that makes yeah, me not care about that's you. True. You know what I mean? Number, okay. Can you help me? 16, Tyler Rex. Who is that? Try it. Let me- I don't remember this person and I'm not being funny. Tyler Rex from Friday Night Smackdown, yeah. but I don't think he can beat these odds. Well, Tyler Rex is an X Factor. He's unknown. Let's move on. Number 17, it's amazing that this person was still there. Is it? What What year is this? 2011? 11. Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah. Because when Vladimir Kozlov came in in like 07, 08 or something like that, mm-hmm. and it was the generic like, I'm Russian, Russians are bad or whatever, right? right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was almost like a... um. Ivan Drago, except really horrible. Yes. And not built like him. But it was that gimmick. It was like I Zangief or whatever. Yeah, it was generic. But then they turned him into like a happy cam- comedy character with Santino. Remember towards the yeah, end? Yeah, Santino like <laughs> turned, made him realize the error of his ways, so right? Good. Like, of being a heel. Yes. Santino's amazing. He's, he's just an amazing anything i like know he, he's good you can put it he's he's like one of those like utility players you can put him on like anything yes like, he's just fantastic very talented 
He's only in, by the way, um, Vladimir for like 40 seconds. Number 18, he was already back as R-Truth already. this long ago uh, and a few years before that. So R-Truth is not in long, obviously. Yeah, making a return from like the 2000 Royal Rumble or whatever. <laughs> 2001, yeah. K-Click over here. Yep. We've said a lot about R-Truth. I have no problem with him. I like him. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Number 19, I know you love this guy, Quinn. Talk yes. about him again. The great Kali. The lovely great Kali. Now, why is that? Why do because you like him? Because when, when they stop taking him seriously in the bamboo shoots and all this, um, like he, <laughs> then he all of a sudden, he just became a character. Like I was like, I love this guy. He, like, Can he just you know stroll out every episode you know this happy music and and just use his like i love that his finisher is literally like him hitting you with his arm like it's just (laughs) nothing it's literally just a dopey but it also works because when you're like eight feet tall or whatever like of course that will kick anyone's ass right he's like a tank right he's got one shot if he misses he's fucked but if he hits you it's over that's a good point he can take another shot that's this, how tanking works, you say. That's how tanking works? Yeah. That's why you listen to the show, folks. Number 20, Mason Ryan. I don't care. Who mm-hmm. is that? Mason Ryan. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. I know that he got demoted back to NXT or something this later. This guy, yeah, he looks, again, looks familiar. I, I don't um, remember him. He, he was. He got demoted to NXT and then wasn't Good. a wrestler in WF anymore. Good. Number 21, Booker T. That was a surprise entrant. You yeah, know, like, you know, your usual legend. Yep. Although, He's unbranded, Joe, yeah, this very, year. Very unbranded. Mm-hmm. What is that nut that doesn't fucking matter? He's not part of a brand, obviously. Yeah, I know, but I still can't believe we're still doing that on that, this Royal Rumble, well, by the way. this was good, though, because with Booker, mm-hmm. this was a surprise return. He wasn't there. I want to make that clear so everyone knows. He wasn't ah. there at the time. Can you dig it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was after the first WWF run, during after the TNA run, right? And then all of a sudden he came back, and then he became an announcer. Yeah, it's this is what Shucky led to that quack quack and yeah, all that, that started. Yeah, so this is a kind of a big deal, but he's only in for a minute. Mason Ryan throws him out of all people. Number twenty-two, John Hogan, Jonathan Cena himself. Yes, now, he's here, baby. This is definitely during the uh, Super Cena era. Late Super Cena. Late, no late, late Super Cena. This is when he was battling. All, I think he might have ended the Nexus feud by now, and he would be moving on soon to like the Cena. It took food. John Cena to end that shit. Well, because he's like enough of this shit. Like fuck you. But they they were calling. They were like, we're gonna take over the company, and I'm like, right. You know, the minute they said that, I was like, not while John Cena's here. Like, <laughs> like that was the first thing I thought. Even back then, was yeah. just like John Cena's literally Superman. What are these? jokes think they're gonna beat him bunch of goobers yeah <laughs> like they all look they were all like goofs named mcgillicuddy and husky exactly. and stuff i was like they're not beating john cena and company no sam punk and all these people they're not uh hornswoggle is next if you care 23 mm-hmm. let's move on 24 natty's husband tyson kid yep nice guy nice man good guy not wrestling anymore 25 three-man band zone heath slater still around now he might be in the nexus or something or was maybe he was in the nexus and also in the core yeah great neat 26 kofi kingston kofi i'm sure he did like a handstand backflip to get back in the ring i like him did the things i've always liked him yep i liked him during his initial gimmick i like like kofi kingston he's like one of our favorites he's great yeah 27 already there and not good. Jack Thwagger. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, a waste. I just, it's still amazing when, when he pops up on some other show. Like sometimes he's, I, I swear he was on like AEW. I saw yeah, him Jake once. Jake Hager. Yes. I, I just, every time I see him, I'm like, this guy. Waste, man. This guy's just. Biff Tannen looking motherfucker. N- nothing. 
Like no, he's, he's nothing. He's fucking nothing. He 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 is a good athlete, but yes. they just there's something missing with him. There's just a yeah. There's just you know maybe one day will, somebody will figure out the gimmick to give him. But yeah. like as it stands, I've just never really never cared about him. him. I wanted yeah. to, and I just couldn't. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Now number <laughs> this is good. Number twenty eight is King Seamus. Yes, King. I he love he was King, the Nordic King or the Irish King. He's Irish. Irish King. Yes. What we've said, folks, because he wore like the, the robe and he looked ridiculous in a good yeah. way and kind of badass. What we've said about Seamus uh, most recently is he took some time, but I eventually warmed up to him. There's something about him. Like, he's likable. Yeah, he's likable. He can do a little bit of everything. Like, I think he can be a goofy character. I think he could be a serious character. Yep. Good at what he does. He's just very personable, very, you can put him in anything. I like him as a good fella. He's a king, too. He's also a king here. Number 29, Ray Mysterious. Booyaka. Booyaka. He's still wrestling. Well, Does anybody... How old is Ray Mysterious? 48 or something. Only? Yeah, he's oh, not. Oh, I thought he was like 45 40, he's or something. He's actually 47. Okay. Not even that old. Well, I mean, relative, you know. Yeah, well, well, considering like how long they keep people yeah. these days. Like I, I always say just take a professional athlete, add 10 years onto him, and that's a professional wrestler. Correct. Yeah. Now we got to talk about the next guy because he was great. Number 30, Wade Barrett. Yes. The rule is if he has a beard, it's a good era for him. If now, he's clean shaven, he's dopey. Now I believe in this time, he was the leader of the core core a whatever yeah i yeah. think so I right think that's i think that's the the source of all these problems at least they picked the good one to be the leader he was good i mean yeah. we talked about when he was bad news and how they're like <laughs> it got over and they're like don't do that anymore like, we don't want you to be popular <laughs> because then you might go make movies or something <laughs> like that's the remo with everyone you notice like why do you ever think why roman reigns is the perfect pick for them why for their number one thing it's like he's not liked as much as like John Cena, for yeah. example, but he's big enough to be like, he's at this perfect, like in between. I guess so. You know what I mean? Like that's why he's their top guy. I think Roman's got a future ahead of him and other things. Probably one day he's I got don't. the charisma for, I do mm -hmm. mark my words, come back to this podcast in five, 10 years. We'll see. I just don't see him on the silver screen, Joe. You don't see him on the silver screen. Yeah. Do you really still call it that in your regular everyday life? When I'm watching TCM and that guy comes along and he's like, and you know, it was 1947, you know, and he's in that okay. room made of mahogany. You watch TCM often? It's on HBO Max. It's all connected, but the guy doesn't show up anymore. But I always oh. remind, I always think of it whenever I see TCM on the thing. Okay. Yeah. Number 31, Christian Ouellette. Listen up, buddy. It's mm -hmm. the best wrestler ever. Dolph Ziggler. So good. Yeah. Number 32. You know who's better than Dolph Ziggler? Number 32. Surprise entrant and gets a huge pop. Honk, honk. Not Kevin Nash. Yeah. But Diesel. As Diesel. <laughs> Holy shit. You gotta be kidding me. Big Daddy Cool Diesel. What? Diesel's back. Diesel's here. Six foot 11, 311 pounds from Detroit, Michigan. He even gets the Roseanne music. It's yeah. fa fantastic. He's Diesel. He's not Kevin Nash mm -hmm. here. Uh, number 33, another one of your favorites, when Drew McIntyre. <laughs> How many times did they try to push this guy? And like, I mean, it's going back to 2011. They're like, we're bringing him in. Like, 
It's like nobody ever gives a shit. He was there forever, man. He was there in like 09 or something. Notice they they had, he was the WF champion like recently. Like I'm yeah. talking like a year ago or something. Two and like ago. now I don't see any talk about him. I don't know if he's injured or something. But the point is, it's like, it seems like his whole career. He comes in, he's like, it's the next big thing because this man thinks his muscles are good or something. And then, <laughs> and then it's like neat for a minute and then nobody cares. And then they're like, can we just have the regular wrestlers back now? Alex Riley was next at number number 34. That's someone that I have no opinion on. Alex Riley. One of the most inconsequential uh, wrestlers he, in my wrestling career. I remember more of his announcer. Exactly. He's a, he had a, like a Jesse the Body career. But yeah, then Corey but, Graves eclipsed him in the Jesse the Body yeah, department. department. Yeah, 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 where it's like, I was a wrestler for five minutes and then I wasn't. Alex Riley turned into more of a Johnny V. Number 35, you know he'll win it. Of course he will, because he's big. Big show. Yeah, sure <laughs> he will. He's always the front runner, Joe. Oh, yeah. Never ever. Well, he kind of won that one Royal Rumble in 2000. Look, <laughs> <laughs> my feet touched <laughs> He did. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> and that's they make their decision off the boo. Yeah. Like, All right, you're a heel now. Cut your hair. Shut the fuck Why up. Why didn't they? You know, they should. You know, looking back at that, they really should have said Big Show won, Joe, because just so that they next time, like every year, you know what well, I'm saying? Well, yeah. you know, in Gorilla Monsoon's words, for the record, you know, officially the referee's decision is final. The Rock is the winner. So that's what they would have done. Uh, what would Gorilla have done? Referee's decision is final. Yeah, that's true. That, the Cole. precedent was sent back in um, 97. 97, yeah. Number 36, Big Zeke. Big mm-hmm. Rick. Ezekiel Jackson. No problem with him. The Zeke. The Zeke. Number 37, Santino Morella. Now, this, this, is, this is great. Can I just mention, mm-hmm. we are far removed. In case uh, people lose track, because not everyone know, watches ever. I know what you're going to say. We are far removed from him being a wise, cracking, funny man Who when he was a heel. Subway sandwiches yeah. and stuff. And the Glamazon era, we're well past that. He has now turned into <laughs> JD on Scrubs during the later seasons where he's just a he's cartoon turned, character. He's turned into Jim Henson's Santina Morella. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, you know what he I mean? He is, though. Yeah. Now, however... However, yes. I never, even during the Jim Henson era of Santina Morella, I never lost my love for him. Like, I never, ever, I didn't care. Like, I was like, oh, he's got a singlet now. That's funny. He's got a sock puppet. Great. I'm a sucker for Santino Morella. Anything he does, I, I think it's great. One of the great things about Santino in this period of time is his accent has morphed into not even an Italian accent anymore. <laughs> it's like Balky. It's just yeah. like, what even is his accent yeah. anymore, you know? This, this takes fucking Sal Belomo to the next level. Yes. Like the, 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 the concept, he even wears the same thing. I know. It's fantastic. At one point he does, right? Yeah, it's so good. And I always love that his last name is a tribute to Gorilla Monster. I know. So, so this character is just... The it's best. ridiculous. It's the best job. I don't know about that, but, but number anyway. thir- 38. I want to get this over with, this fucking Royal Rumble. Oh, sorry. God. No, not you. I'm just saying. Why is there 40 people on it? Well, this is horrible. Bigger bigger and better. No. Joe. Fatter and worse. Yeah. Number 38, Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> I, don't, I just never like this guy. I don't like him. Oh, number 39, man. Randy Arn. Randy Arn. He should be. I mean, this is during his time. Like, like, why is he not? And number 40, another one in the big show vein. Is this pants era? No. Um, okay. Kane. Now, again, with the Kane, like we're getting to the point where it's a little much now in 2011 to have Kane coming out and doing shit. It's enough. There's, there should be really only one big person. Now, I know <laughs> I know that he would soon go on to have Team Hell No, and that gave him new life as a uh, masked wrestler, but I'm, I've had enough of Kane by 11. Yeah, okay. Kane. Anyway, we come down to the final. For there, by the way, there is a bit here. I forget exactly where it is, 
where it's Orton and Cena <laughs> staring and pointing at the sign and shit because they were already doing that. The and, funny part is people were like, oh, they'll win. Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> but no one cared. Was- Randy Orton and John Cena both have won this match. John Cena in 2008. Randy Orton in 2009. They would love to repeat. Because by 11... How many times? What are we doing here? They yeah. were feuding in like so 07 and shit. Who cares it's anymore? It's endless feud. Yeah. yeah. It's like Macho Man and Hogan. That's but the, it's not, is the thing, right? <laughs> it's it's weird because I always thought there was a dispute between what is um, John Cena's like Macho Man. And some people oh, would say Edge. John- some people would say CM Punk. Some people would say Randy Orn. Uh, you know what I mean? Like In terms it, of like the longevity of the feud. Because all three of those things were like somewhat long in terms of the longevity of the feud it's randy orton yeah uh, i would say that like cm punk is more of like the roddy piper maybe you know what i'm then saying what's edge because edge is like one of his first huge rival i don't know paul orndorff oh I, I wow that low huh that's Aww. not low orndorff mm-hmm. is the, one of the most successful feuds that Ho- uh, hogan ever had i see can we end this fucking royal rumble oh, please oh, just end it then well you're talking about john cena's hulk hogan's john and randy C- savages john cena's an interesting fella the final four are Randy Orn, okay. Automatic dialogue replacement. John Cena, <laughs> Alberto Del Rio, yeah, and Wade Barrett. And anyway, it gets to the point where Del Rio is able to dump out Cena, or like right. So Del Rio wins, right? But no, not yet. He doesn't. In, in one of the greatest things to ever happen, Joe. Why don't you just call the action, Quinn? I'll call it on this one because this, for years, folks, I've been calling for the World Wrestling Entertainment slash Federation to have a jobber win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that uh, always works out well, like in 1988 9. Yeah, I'm not talking about like some guy who's a star. I'm talking a guy who's not ever going to win the WF belt. Santino Morella, he comes from under the ring. He gets his Cobra ready. What is the Cobra? The Cobra. His Cobra is his sock puppet that he lands a thrust and it eats your uh, neck. Yeah, it bites you. The, the, the little sock bites your neck and then you fall over from the poison, I, I assume. He puts it on and then he has to move the cobra into yeah, you position. Yeah, you have to. It's like how the rock used to do the thing where he moved his face. He with does it with it. He does like, he hits his arm and it goes up. Yep. And then he hits the top of his hand and then the snake comes out. Yeah. And then, then it's ready for action. This is right? all real. Um, so Del Rio doesn't know that Santino's here, right? He thinks he's won. His like, music's playing and shit. And Santino puts the arm out and all during this, He's crying because it's amazing. He, he realizes, like, I got him. He doesn't see me. And he's, like, even at the edge of the ropes. So it's, yep. like, you really, like, I literally remember getting the fuck up out of my chair. And I'm, like, I can't believe this is fucking happening. Like, the way they sold it, the way Santino did all of it, it looked like they were really doing this, right? Like, this was really what was going to happen. Sure. And I was so excited because I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do the thing where anybody can win the Royal Rumble. It's really going to fucking happen. He goes, he hits it. And Del Rio reverses, Del throws Rio him out. Del Rio reverses and throws him out. Santino's still in the space. The Cobra! The Cobra! Oh my God! Oh my God! The biggest upset in Rumble history! This is going to be the biggest upset in Rumble history! Throw him out, Santino! Throw him out! Santino is going to go to WrestleMania! Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, this is great. You gotta be kidding me. Should have just picked Santino in this case. It honestly would have been a great WrestleMania moment, him like crying as he like comes out in the main event. Would have been so good. <laughs> like Del Rio just was a stain on my ass yeah. during this period of time. Nobody cared about this guy. Like I get, oh, he has a 
car or whatever and an announcer riveting they had him earmarked when he wore a mask or something and like nwa as like blue demon mask or whatever i don't nobody everyone was like what are they talking about i don't what is this he was good literally anywhere else but here yeah. he was he was like better in fucking lucha underground when he was alberto el patron yeah i hated him in wwe seriously i hated him being there he was stinky anyway can we please move on now? yes sorry no, it's not your fault. This Royal Rumble is long. Maybe that's why I got voted in because it's so fucking long. Yeah, but it had the crying cobra moment, which will make it not that bad to me. Let's find out who drew number 10. Big John Stud and the Honky Tonk Man, Rugged Ronnie Garvin and the Brain Busters. Okay, come on. No, 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 no. This is not right. I call bogus on this. Royal well, Rumble 89? Okay. No! I will say straight off the gate no, is, this the, is the winner is probably the reason. Oh, you mean right. they had not a star win it? Like you were just pulling four for the last one? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, so, see, uh, uh, uh. Let, me, let me point out something here. There's a difference between no. not a star and a guy that they've, like, pushed the shit out of and is not a star, and that's Big John Studd. All right. You know what I mean? Like I am upset with everyone. Yeah, I'm just pointing that out. Like Santino, he's not the same thing. It's okay. fucking Balky. Come right. on. No more Santino talk yeah. for the rest of my life, he's okay? So great. We're going to move on. Where's here. my no Santino parking sign? I, I took it down actually. It's uh, over there. Yeah. Royal Rumble 89 I find to be actually pretty good and um ending notwithstanding. January 15th 89 at the summit, we have a review of this available in the archives. Do you own or rent your home? I like this one. I thought the in-ring action is pretty fun. It's not um, it's not a classic like 90 or 92. but It's, it's not one a lot of people go back to watch. No, but it's Maybe also, that's another reason. Maybe. Yeah. Why did this make it? I think this is actually good. Mm. Uh, anyway. It exists. Anyway, the storyline for this one. First of all, this is the first one on pay-per-view. The storyline for this one is Teddy DiBias looks like he... um. Draws a number, remember? Yes. And he gets all mad about his number. Like, but then he calls... Damn. <laughs> and then he calls Slick off... <laughs> Slick's like, what's up, brother? Yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? He does the Slick stuff. <laughs> yep. And, and then uh, they start mumbling, and, yep. that, and then it kind of goes away, right? And the attendant's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Brother, unbelievable. <laughs> that happy, huh? Hey, man, exactly. Well, let's, let's, let's go talk this yeah. over. I, I got something to talk to you about. It's real important. What's up, man? Gentlemen, excuse me. Just keep that in your mind, right? We draw number one, and we got Gorilla and Jess on commentary, which is the best you could ask for during this period of time. Mm-hmm. We draw number one, and it's Axe of Demolition. Hey, he could he could beat anyone. So it's not Ted DiBiase. No. Nope. Which you would think it would be. Right, right. It's not Ted DiBiase. Number two, and this is obviously what most people remember here, Smash. Ah. And they are going at each other. It's amazing thing what will happen, what money will do to anything. I'll tell you what, the winner of this, the prestige is so that it is partner against partner, perhaps brother against brother, Jess. So Demolition, the tag team champions, some of the most over people in the company. Yep, getting ready to fight the powers of pain. Yes. They're, they're mad at them over that shit at Survivor Series. Fuji Stooge. Fuji the Stooge. They go at it and the crowd explodes and it's just like a fun two minutes, yeah. right? Then number three, perfect timing, perfect booking, Andre the Giant. <laughs> I don't like either of you. And he actually does wind up eliminating Smash. Uh, number four, still newish, is Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. Right, that version. Underwear version that we talked Underpants, about last week. Yeah. yeah. 
Number five, rugged Ronnie Garvin. Yep, he's here. Is he? He's, he's not a ref yet. What, no. what happened here? I get, <laughs> it's a little right. later. You know all that shit. He uh, he had just started. I think in November or December. He's pretty new here. Still never understood the appeal of this guy. He's um a rugged wrestler. <laughs> yeah, not hands of trash. Hands of trash. Number six, Greg Hammer time. Greg Hammer time. No problem so with him. He's definitely gonna fight. Rugged Ronnie, because they, they feud for a hundred years. They literally feud for the entire year on yeah. and off, yeah. Number seven, here's a name for you. This is a biggie. Jake Roberts. So Jake comes out and, of course, huge pop. It's Jake the Snake! Number eight, the sadly underutilized Ron Bass. The incomparable Ron Bass. <laughs> the incomparable yeah. Ron Bass. Fuck you, dude! Or whatever yeah. he says. <laughs> yeah, I like him. I do, too. Number nine, rocker Shawn Michaels. Yes, rocker edition. He's good. Number 10, Butch. Don't sleep on Butch. Yeah. He's in this for quite some time. Well, remember, like 18 minutes. Remember when we reviewed this, we were very impressed with Butch's performance here. I'm yes. serious. Like, he's actually good in this. By the way, if you, if you scroll over him, apparently he's got his own Wikipedia page, which I didn't think was possible. Robert Miller. He's Robert, a very good yeah. man. Just just wanted to say that if, you go, if you're on Wikipedia right now listening to this. Yeah, if you are. Number 11, Honky Tonk Man, former Intercontinental Champion. The Hunky Dunky. He's with uh, Greg Valentine as Double Trouble. There he is. Remember the, yeah, un- oh, yeah, the, new, the new hot team, yep. Double Trouble. Now, if you recall this Double Trouble name, it was only said by Jimmy Hart. Yeah. And barely ever like acknowledged by anyone Remember, else. Remember like Ian, we told him about this and he was like, this is ama- like an amazing discovery or it's, something. It's real, folks. Now, people really didn't know about this double trouble business. Because only Jimmy Hart said it. He's the only one I, that said it. So I think that's weird only because I weirdly knew about this years ago. Like, because I saw it on something. Did you? I didn't know until we started The Double Trouble thing? Yeah, Absolutely. I I saw it on some fucking thing I saw. And, like, I remember Jimmy mentioning it. I was like, oh, I guess they were called that. That was just what I thought. All right. Number 12, Tito Santana, who is... um, The incomparable Tito Santana. Also incomparable. Now, there's no strike force yet. So, Tito is there. Number 13, Bad News Brown. Always a credible contender. Mm -hmm. He did win that battle royal at the WrestleMania. Yeah. WrestleMania 4. Yeah, he's definitely a contender because of that. Number did, did he ever get a shot? Remember that whole shit with Tony? Got a shot against Savage, sure. Mm, sure okay, he did. Good. Uh, number 14, Marty Janetti. The other rocker. The other rocker. AKA he's not going to win because <laughs> tag wrestlers. Yes. Number 15, the World Wrestling Federation champion, Randy Savage. Right. It's about to Undisputed World Wrestling Federation champion. He didn't even take his sunglasses off. Number 16, Iron Anderson. Yes, Iron Anderson is here, baby. Very Iron, Iron Anderson. Awesome wrestler. Uh, 17, coincidentally, Tully Blanchard. Ah, the Brain Buster's in together. His brain-busting partner. Number sure brain didn't uh, <laughs> fix that also. It seemed like there was a lot of shady shit going on in the 89 Rumble. There's some shade, man. Number 18, Hulk Hogan is here. So now we got some star power, man. Savage Hogan. Oh, it's the Hulkster! Hulk Hogan, number 18. Number 19, also some star power, Luke. Yes, the power of Luke. <laughs> Number 20, Coco Beware. Yes, Coco. You got to remember, folks, this is a pretty good roster for early and This yeah. is a good roster. Mm-hmm. It's got the roster in its favor. Now, Number 21 has the shortest elimination, but they never focus on it for some reason. The Warlord walks in. Yeah. Hogan immediately clotheslines him right out. Steps in. Whoa. Oh, and he's back with a 360, and he's out of there. In the record books, it said two seconds. Is, yes. Was this ever beaten? 
two seconds. It's they, really low. They always say it was the Bushwhacker that whacked in and whacked out in 91 or a Mo in 95, but the Warlord was always the quickest. Warlord, two seconds is very quick. What does he care about? Maybe only Domino's Pizza, but... Checking. But I'm just saying, it's like... You're right. Where did fuck, like, they never where, mention why was this it? Not, I'm like perplexed why this isn't talked <laughs> I don't about. Know. Uh, number twenty two, big credible contender here. He was feuding with Hulk Hogan, the big boss man. Very big addition. Very easy. Very very rotund at this point. The huge boss man. This is before he started working out in Cobb County yeah. gym. Now is he a cop? No. Okay, just checking. He's a guard at the jail. Guard at the jail. Right. Okay. They're already in jail. Right. There's no arresting to do. They're, they're, been he's just got to make sure they stay in the jail. Right. That's okay. all. He's he's just guarding it. Just double checking. Yeah. Uh, number twenty three is Akeem. A little suspicious, huh? Yeah. Now, maybe Everything th- is like hmm. I said. There's a lot of shadiness. Like, how are the brain busters next to each other? How are the twin towers next? Yeah, the rockers get fucked. They don't get next to each other. Good. Just saying. I'm just pointing out that like, look, it seems like the heels are manipulating things. Well, here. demolition was next to each other, also. Yeah, but that's also at one and two, so they have to fight each other. See, th- th- that's the only position Ooh, where that's not yeah. advantageous. Well, I mean, they don't have to fight each other. They could just stare and look at each other. But their fucking faces, they're not going to not. And they're like, also competitors, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Axe was once a contender for the world title. This is as true. a mass superstar. This he's not going to like. He's going to take his shot here, and he is the captain. Yeah. He doesn't want Smash getting too big for his britches or his britches getting too big for him. Yeah, I was thought double. of Axe as like his older brother. He is. So it's kind of like, Smash is always just like, <sighs> like he's then, not interested in anything other than like just things. And like nothing important. Yeah, yeah, just destruction and going off mountains with a truck. I don't know. That's why when Crush comes along, it's a whole cluster because Axe leaves and Smash is, now has to be now the captain. Now Smash has to go, <sighs> Yeah, but he also has to like give direction, and, and it's not—he's not good at it. Yeah, he's meant to be a follower more than a leader. <sighs> <laughs> Every promo, you ever notice it? I love it. It's I like, love <gasps> it. <sighs> and then he starts yelling. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Like anyway, twenty-four Brutus Buffcake. Why? Very over though. Yeah, I know that. Like strut and cut era. Number twenty-five, the Red Rooster. Again, another Royal Rumble, another Red Rooster entry. Now this is, he's faced by now because the primetime incident. No, wait, has it happened or is it just about might, to happen? It's, it's right at the same time. Either way, the Red Rooster stinks. <laughs> he stinks, Joe. Now, do you mean the Red As Rooster a, stinks? He Laura face. He stinks. Or do you mean Terry Taylor stinks? All of it. <laughs> I don't like any of it. It's bad. He was supposed to be Mister Perfect. Shut up. Nobody would ever, in their right mind, give the Mr. Perfect gimmick to the Red Rooster. You know who I'd give it to? Gino Hernandez, if he was alive. That's yeah. one of the people that could have done it. Definitely. Seriously. Yeah. There's not that many people. Terry Taylor might be good in the ring. He's fucking boring. Yeah. I don't care. He's he like stinks. He's very decent. He is the Dolph Ziggler of his time. Number 26, the Barbarian. He's, but he's, he's still... You he's know, a there, power of pain. He's in a prime time angle there with Axe and Smash. He is. Again, good roster we got going yeah. here besides a couple of people. Uh, number 27, this needs to be mentioned. He had just returned in December, mm-hmm. weeks ago, right? His music's weird. On the, <laughs> on the Brother Love Show. And Bobby Heenan was there. And I almost like it because it's Big John Studd. Now, when we had last seen Big John Studd was about two years ago, late 86, right? Yes, he was feuding with Andre somehow. Yes, and well, <laughs> perpetually, right, yeah. for years. And he was managed by Bobby Heenan. But here, Big John Studd's like, you know what? I don't want you to be my manager. Finally, they're ending this shit. Well, and actually, they aren't because they they're aren't. just going the other way. Because Andre's a heel now. 
So there you go. How does he not feud against anybody else? Like, it's unbelievable. Like, he fought Hogan incidentally. Like, that had That's not, about it, right? Yeah, like, that Hogan feud was not a feud. It was just something to do other than Andre the Giant. You're right, though. What other notable... Nothing. He had he's a- always just in the Heenan family. Like, he's like, he's like a stooge for them. He is with Bundy. Remember they're a team yeah. for a while and they're stooges together. Yeah, but they're not. They're not really. It's they're not still like anything. he's still just waiting to beat up Andre. That's his whole career. Yeah, that's very unfortunate. If yeah, you really he's think just about never feuded with anyone else. <laughs> now number twenty eight is Hercules, not Hernandez, not a heel anymore, as we mentioned yes. last week on Superstars. He has issues with Ted DiBiase. Most people do. Mm-hmm. Number twenty nine, the returning Ricky Martel. Aha! So he- the Strike Force can reform, and we will strike. With lightning force. There you go. And number 30. Huh. Interesting. Ted DiBiase. Gee, I wonder how that Uh, happened. And I also wonder how there's like Big Boss Man and Arkeem are next to each other. Well, the only thing. I'm just pointing that out, Joe. The only thing. He could have made a deal with the Brain Busters, too. Who knows? Here's the thing, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, DiBiase seemed very upset about his number. Right. We have to assume Slick only has two guys in this, right? True. And they're both in there at a pretty good numbers, 22 and 23. So is the inference that DiBiase was so petulant and upset about not drawing higher than like not getting 30 or did he use slick to orchestrate something with Bobby Heenan and trade for like Andre, the giants number three or something. I've got something probably even deeper, deeper than you probably thought of. Okay. What is it? So remember how ax and smash are number one and two. Yes. Remember how, like, five minutes ago, Mr. Fuji was their manager? Yeah. Usually, as we know with the Jimmy Hart incident, that stuff's not, like, right away. Mr. Fuji is very devious. <laughs> what if he technically had some kind of power here? What if Ted DiBiase made a deal, but Slick is just the intermediary? Because like, he's a fellow manager? Right. I know somebody who with even better numbers, right? What if Mr. Fuji had the power to put Axe at number one when Axe drew 30 and Mr. Fuji is getting revenge on them, making them fight each other? You think that's what it was? Mr. Fuji is very devious, Joe. This is true. Doesn't it seem like something Fuji would pull off? Yes. Because he's really like the most devious of them all. He is the devious one. Like he might use some contract shenanigans like their their term with him is not up or something it's possible you know what i'm saying i do and, yeah. and maybe there is slick is just he's a red herring that's what i'm pointing out okay we got to mention uh, a couple of things that happen here and this is another reason why i kind of like this role but the end reaction is good it's a big upgrade from 88 uh it's faster paced than 88 they're more comfortable it's hulk hogan because you know god forbid when it happens to him but Hulk Hogan winds up being one of the people that eliminates Randy Savage. And the Hulkster dumps Bandos. But he also dumps Savage too. Look at, uh-oh. So Even though they're the tag team, by the so, way. just They're not feuding yet. They're the mega powers. Yeah. So <laughs> Of course, fucking Hogan, man. For the record, in 89, <laughs> Hogan dumps his partner, Randy Savage. In 1990, Hogan is responsible for the warrior getting dumped, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. In 1991... Hogan is responsible for Tugboat getting dumped, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But in 1992, God fucking forbid that Sid Justice eliminates Hulk Hogan. Fair and square. Fair and square. <laughs> we have to 
stop everything and let Hogan have a tantrum and try to go back in. So that's why, Mark Rourke, that's why I complain about it. It all goes back to this. There's years of Hogan doing this shit. <laughs> good Lord, when the tables are turned. Okay, anyway. Now, but but in this case, it's good because Akeem and Big Boss Man get rid of Hulk. They actually, he gets, and again, he tries to get back in the ring. Of Don't course, forget. Fucking Don't forget he yeah, does. Of course he fucking does. <laughs> That's not fair. It was two of them. Like, right. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, the best part too is Gorilla so Homerish about Hogan. Yeah. At one point, there's like this little exchange between Bossman and Hogan, and Gorilla's like, hey, he's been in there for 30 minutes! And Jesse's like, what are you talking about, Monsoon? <laughs> he's been in there for five minutes. <laughs> I love it! The boss man is beating Hogan in a one-on-one confrontation, Gorilla. Yeah, but what the do boss you got man to say just about got that? out there, Jess. So what? The Hulkster's been out there for a half hour! Oh, he has not. He got out there about five minutes ago. Oh, he did not. Like, Gorilla is, like, in Hogan oversell mode. <laughs> I just love that, like, Akeem and Boss Man get him out, and what's he going to fucking do now? Right. Like, what, is he going to take those fat guys out <laughs> with him? Is and he going to try to drag him out? And Savage is pissed, by the way. I don't blame him. Like, he's supposed to have his back or whatever. See? Ugh. So, anyway. It what a bunch of shit. <laughs> it comes down to Ted DiBiase, number 30, obviously, and Big John Studd. And a decision that leaves people quizzical later, uh, John Studd wins the 1989 Royal Rumble. At the time, though, I get what they were doing. You want to send the fans home happy, correcto? Big John says a face. We always talk about why does Hogan have to why does Hogan have to win everything? Well, he didn't win this, right? He actually did get eliminated. Good. He didn't. He didn't need to win this. Neither did Savage, right? Right. Seriously. But this is, again, there's no stakes here. This doesn't fucking matter, ultimately. So, right, it, it doesn't matter. And why have a heel win to end a right. pay-per-view, right. right? Seriously. What is Ted DiBiase going to do with this win? Right. Like, nothing. Nothing. We, we know that already. Yeah. So they have John Studd win to kind of reintroduce him, and he goes on to do fucking nothing. Useless. <laughs> Feud with Andre, leave over money. Or leave because Andre's mean. Yeah. I'm a little big. I'm not allowed to be big. When you say feud over money with Big John said, the first thing I think of is like, did he not get his WF bag full of cash back or something? Oh, that's true. Maybe. Yeah. So anyway, I like it. I really don't mind it. I'm very, very upset that it got voted in, but what are you going to do? It's really the winner. I think the winner has always stuck in the craw of many fans. Right in the craw, huh? Yeah. All right. Craw. Where is the craw? I don't know. All the right. mouth? Is that what that means? Is that like know. another term? I don't I, know. I, 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 I don't want to know. You know what? I actually you know don't, what? don't even know. write in about that. Please don't yeah. tell us what you put in your craw. Fine. But what about if I tell you what I put in my coot? Number one, 2015. Number two, 14. Three, 95. Four, 99. Five, 93. Six, 2016. Seven, 2012. And eight is 1988. Uh, 2011, Quinn, as much as like it's dopey because of the 40 and it's got better, in my opinion, it's better than 12. I yes, don't know if it's it, better it, than 88. Yeah, I can live with that because weirdly, that's a very easy thing to rank. But like I said, the crying Cobra is is a moment to me. I still bring it up every year at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I say that is that is the blueprint for how you have a lower card guy win it. Right. Like, why did they not do it? It would be amazing. So we say that it's worse than 88, though, because 88 mm-hmm. is short and inoffensive. Right. And it's the first one. Think of it this way. If Santino had won. You're still going on about this. The 2011 Royal Rumble would be like if Barry Horowitz won the Royal Rumble. Why would that be good? Or but, six. But why would that be good? 
Because why do a, you actually think that'd be good? Because it's a feel good story. Shut up. It's it's a feel good story. It's like remember that movie Miracle about the hockey team? They almost the U.S. hockey team almost or they did they beat that's the Russians. a real story. It's yeah, not a it's movie. A, I know it's a real story, but I'm just saying that really happened. It'd be like the Lake miracle. Placid. Yeah, I know the miracle on ice. It'll be like that. They could do that at the Royal Rumble. The miracle in the Staples Center or wherever the fuck they're doing it or Crypto.com Arena, it's called now. This is a bank and wrestling sucks arena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Crypto.com Arena, I believe now. Staples okay, Center. I believe you. But anyway. So we're leaving it there, though? That's what I'm asking you. Not about Santino. Are I'll we leaving leave it, it there. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm good with that. All right, good. Because of Santino. That's a great Shut ranking. Shut Santino. Santino's so good. He's okay. the best, baby. <laughs> All right. 1989 is number 10. 10, 10. Yeah, it's like, I don't know you guys, what what even why, what? Why is this voted in? That just gave us a, t- a thing to talk fun about, you know, like have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, right? I and like 89. I, I would consider that 11 on the rankings. Yeah, I mean, how is Fresno? How did Fresno not make it? Yeah. Or like fucking Triple H and O2. Maybe that one's okay. It is okay. It probably but. is fine. Anyway, we're going to tell you a few that didn't make it. The ones that missed it were Triple H and O2. <laughs> Anything Triple H wins is a is a target for it's it's annoying that he won that. It's annoying one. that he wins anything. I know. It's annoying when he wins. It's annoying when he general. wins. Yes. And then right behind that one, 2017, that's the one that Randy Orton won, if Randy you recall. Orton. Yeah, and we're like, what? It was just yeah, it was like odd. weird. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like late. And I was like, why is <laughs> why, what? Why Randy yeah, Orton? Yeah, fuck win? it. Uh, you know what the funny part is? Like, I, I think wasn't that even was like, our reaction. I wasn't even fucking annoyed. I think we're like, like, I didn't even care. We're I was like, like, fuck it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's, he is a star. You know what I mean? What's, yeah. the, what's the problem here? I agree. Behind that was 1994. That almost made the worst list. Oh. <laughs> it should have. It should have made no list. I can't believe it still hasn't happened. What? That nobody made both. Ever since we've been doing this, Ever I keep since, saying it had to happen at some point. Never happened. Uh, so 1994. And then right behind that, actually tied with that, was 1996 Fresno. Mm. I cannot believe that 89 made it. 96 is worse than 89, probably, right? <laughs> probably. I think 94 might be worse than 89. If not, it's like the same. Yeah. I can't believe 89 made People the flush. People are really butthurt still about this Big John Stutt thing, Joe. They really just cannot handle it. I mean, they WWF probably learned and said, all right, well, let's just leave out. It really pissed people off. They still talk about it. Like, why did Big John Stutt, why did Jim Duggan win? Like, those two, like, those two are strictly there because of the winners. But are they the same people that complain when Hogan wins? Probably. Let us know. (laughs) They want something in between, I think, is what those people are looking for. What's in between Hulk Hogan and Jim Duggan besides a mound of coke? They want... For example, in a Royal Rumble that has the Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, and Big John Studd, they want the Macho Man to win. They want the in-between. But he was the world champion in the 89. I understand that, but, but he's still. still not the, above he, Hulk yeah, Hogan. Exactly. So that, <laughs> that's my point. They're looking for the middle ground, All right. those folks. Well, folks, you look for the middle ground and let us know uh, your thoughts on this here. We do thank you for your votes. If you didn't vote, we apologize for that. We're just ranking what you gave us. But that is it for the Royal Flush. To finalize the list here at number one, 2015, two, 2014, three, 1995, four, 1999, five, 1993, six, 2016, seven, 2012, eight, 2011, nine, 1988, and ten, why, 1989. That's the Royal Rumbles, the Royal Flush of Royal Rumble matches. When we come back, Quinn, the grudge match. Oh. <laughs> Now at the 11th hour is the time to get on the horn 
Contact your local cable system and join us on a pay-per-view basis for one of the most exciting World Wrestling Federation extravaganzas to ever come down. I'm talking about the Royal Rumble this Sunday afternoon. Again, a reminder, 4 p.m. Eastern start. All of the great ones for the World Wrestling Federation are going to be in Houston for the summit. And you can see it, too. With the Royal Rumble Report, I'm Gene Okerlund. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for our Season 26 finale, Episode 260. Quinn, as we often do uh, on the finale, we like to shout out some of the other podcast friends. Yes. These are the people that don't care if you own or rent your home. Yeah. They are people that <laughs> yeah. they are people that are doing what we're doing, which is making a show and having fun doing it. Whether a few people listen or thousands of people listen, they have fun making their own show. We'll start with one of our oldest friends, Payday from Greetings from Allentown. Ah, oh, there he is. He's been doing GFA Live with Kathy. And uh, it's a fun time. You can check PD out. It's greetings from Allentown. Quite a time. It is a time. Uh, our Southern Fried Brethren, great supporters of the show, big friends, Mike Mills and his crew over there, booking the territory. They do the Southern stuff. We do the Northern stuff usually. They're a nice compliment, and they're a little, uh, they're a little more unprofessional than we are. They like it that way. Our friend Mike Prue has the Bottom Line cast. Let's guess who that's about. The Rock. Yeah, The Rock. <laughs> the I guessed line. it. <laughs> bottom Line cast, obviously, is about Steve Austin. Talking Taker is another good that, one. Do you know who that one's about, Quinn? The janky Undertaker? Yeah, Brian Lee. I'm sure he was covered in that at some point. It must have been. Positively Pro Wrestling, that's Steve and Eric. They do a fun show over there talking about the old wrestling, right. uh, PPW. I made an appearance on there not too long ago. Oh, you? <laughs> Live? Live and in the flesh, Live baby. In the flesh, baby. I was there. Yeah. Another good friend of ours, Luke Jennings, has the Memphis Continental Wrestling Podcast ah. and some other things in the works or maybe uh, out, I don't know, as of press time. But Luke Jennings, check out the Memphis Continental Podcast. Uh, Luke's a great supporter of the show as well. Chick Foley's always been a good friend. Oh, yeah. Chick Foley show. It's been a bit. And possibly the first OVP fan. Maybe. I really might be. Talking about Bill Yankovey, you can find him on the group. You can also find him on That Wrestling Show. Bill has been doing this for about 39 years, and we're very thankful for Bill Yankovey and all you guys uh, that we mentioned, and everyone listening. You know, it's been a great season. We've had a lot of fun doing this. Just a reminder, next week is a break week, okay? So that means we're going to have a totally different live review as we've been doing. And in two weeks, we'll be back for episode 261 to kick oh. off a new season. So don't you worry. We are not going anywhere. We'll be back, baby. We will. But before we do any of that, Quinn, we're reviewing something. It's time. Now this, thanks, Richard. This is a... <laughs> I, you know, I turned this on and I was like, what? What is this? What, what are you guys doing to me? Like, right. what, what is this? So this is called the grudge match. Now this... <laughs> is there wrestling on this? No. This aired <laughs> in 91 and 92 uh, as a syndicated series. The one that we're reviewing is from September 21st, 91. It is actually, I believe, only like the third episode of the show. I thought it was the only episode <laughs> of the show when I saw when, Once I got done with that, I was like, this doesn't deserve to be on TV. By looking at this, you would think it was a pilot. I really thought, Joe, didn't I walk in here today and I said, yeah. that was a pilot, right? Yeah, and I said, no, this is an actual series. There's more? <laughs> now, maybe you remember this growing up. I don't, I don't remember catching this ever. So, all right. <laughs> rather than try to explain it, 
we'll let them explain it to us as the show we does it. explain itself yeah so we're not surprisingly gonna, i'm not gonna do a whole thing the only thing i want you guys to know is that this was initially pitched to ted turner in 1987 <laughs> i'm and ted, sure he turned this down ted turner was like no i'm not doing this show <laughs> stupid so with that said we'll let the review tell the story let the t- review speak its truths yes this is the Garage Match, September 21st, 1991, in a very early 90s theme sports-style intro here. From coast to coast and all points in between, our combatants have come to the glamour capital of the world, Hollywood, California, to settle their disputes once and for all. We are from the Grudge Match Arena at Universal Studios. So this is like boxing, like because I see glove animations kind of, yeah. hit the hit the screen. We'll see. Our grudges for the night are Simpson versus Gardner over a phone message. What? D Grandy versus K Grandy over a lost camera, and Cooper versus Budner in an old loan and eviction. And ex best friend still better over an outstanding loan and an eviction. What the hell am I watching, Joe? What is this? Well. Let's find out. So, noted broadcaster Steve Albert and his... Who? Really? You don't know who Steve Albert is? You know Marv Albert? Yeah, he's Marv... He's of the trio of Alberts. I didn't know that there was a Steve Albert. I knew Marv Albert had a brother, but I didn't know Steve. I thought there was another one. There's Al Albert, Marv Albert, and Steve Albert. Now, Steve might be out of the Albert trio. He might be on the lowest end of the pecking order. Yeah, definitely. I think he is. I mean, but he called some notable stuff. I think he called the bite fight and he called um, he did. nets and stuff like that. I didn't that. know that. Yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grudge Match Arena. I'm Steve Albert. But anyway. His hair doesn't belong on TV, <laughs> yeah. Joe, by the way. What is that hair? It's, it's hideous. <laughs> did they not check? No wonder he's the lower Albert. <laughs> like, I know Marv Albert's the main one, right? Yes. Definitely. Yes. He, yeah. he had a different kind of bite fight. That's not necessary. Anyway, with him is Jesse Ventura. And the great thing about this is, Steve, these are regular people. They are not trained athletes or actors. And this is why we're here, isn't it? This is what has brought us to watch this. Yes. So Jesse is dressed very ironically here in like a 1985 Vince McMahon style tux. You know what I mean? With the red bow tie. It's very out of place for Jesse. is. And he's got a black bandana, no facial hair. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, Quinn. Jesse Ventura's voice immediately gives this some kind of credibility. More, if, if, if you can give credibility to this. More than Steve Albert's voice does. So we run down the rules here. We're going to have three one-minute rounds. Good, at least they're short. <laughs> In round one, the contestants can wear either oversized boxing gloves or we- weapons chosen by the Games Commission. Or weapons chosen similar by our Games Commission. Hold on. What, what? what is the Games Commission? Who are they? Very important, Quinn. <laughs> Who the fuck is the Games Commission? There's a commission of people. All these things, they like invent stuff. That, like It's just like, what? Games like, Commission. Who are they? I don't they, know. They run Monopoly? Yeah, the Games Parker commission? Brothers, yeah. actually. Uh, in rounds two and three, the contestants will be choosing the weapons. I say. Guess what? The audience chooses the winner. <laughs> so it's not like an actual anything. Nope. This isn't even a competition, is it? I'm surprised they don't have like a clapometer or yeah. one of those things. Anyway, we now throw to Kirk Gardner for our first grudge. He's in front of a very nice landscape. Very conservative. Very, like Kirk is very, you very know, low very, key. Very low key. Yeah. Yep. And he says his grudge is with his little brother, Lonnie Simpson. My name is Kirk Gardner, and my grudge is with my little brother, Lonnie Simpson. And Kirk Gardner here says, you know, we made an appointment to pick up my new motorcycle on a Saturday, but Lonnie didn't show up and he didn't tell me. 
And Kirk is fucking pissed about this shit. Didn't get his bike, man. We cut to Lonnie storming out of his house in a different shot. He's wearing a very proud California Angels hat, by the way. And he says, look, I tried to call my brother. I paged him three times. I never heard back paged. from him. Paged. Yeah, very 90s. I tried to page him three times. I left two verbal messages. He never called me back. Back to Kirk, who's all sad. Yeah. Back to Lonnie now, who says, you know what? I met a fine woman, and she lived in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> all proud. Okay, I'll admit it. I could have stayed here and picked up the bike, but I had just met this fine woman, and she lived up in Oakland. Cut back to Kirk. He's like, I canceled from work. I could have made some money that day. I canceled from work. I could have made some money that day. Why am I listening to a Twitter fight from people who probably have like seven followers? So, you know what I mean? Like, this is like, this is that kind of shit. It is very petty, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, it's very it's also very like regular problems. Like yes. it's not worthy of like national television. <laughs> it's not, right? Like, it's like, oh, my brother didn't show up that day. I'm really mad at him. Let's fucking get over it. Yeah, it's like nobody would ever care. <laughs> So Lonnie defends his choice though to pick up the woman instead of picking up the bike. I picked the woman. I gotta say, I think Lonnie is the heel here though. He's the oh, only yeah. of this, so, right? Like, I've noticed I noticed this in all three of them. There's clearly defined heels and faces, like <laughs> without real. question. It's real. And they like make Lonnie like come off as like the irresponsible jerk younger brother. brother yep. Yeah, like and it's it's like uh, the minute you see the first time you see him, he comes out of like a mansion, like a big jackass, <laughs> and he's like, "Yo, this guy sucks." Like you know what I mean? Like, and you're like, "Wow, what a twerp!" And then like Kirk's like all nice. He's like in front of like Azaleas and like like <laughs> like all happy. Had to take off of work. Yeah, like all like the sympathetic. Yes. Like it's it's real. It is all real. So Kirk promises revenge and says he's gonna kick. Says he's going to kick Lonnie's butt. Lonnie, this time I'm going to get the revenge. I'm going to cop the attitude. I'm going to kick your butt. Steve Albert now throws us to Paula McClure and the Gallery of Weapons. Is this real? Oh, it's real, Quinn. Oh, my God. Well, Steve, here in the Gallery of Weapons, we take our collection very seriously. So Paula tells us they're going to be using the oversized boxing gloves. They've for chosen the, one. D- the default. Yeah, the guess. default. Yeah. Kirk, though, wants to do fire extinguishers in round two. <laughs> what? And in round three, um, they're going to tar and feather each other. How 18th century of them. The prize if Lonnie wins is going to be an Armatron fucking cheap looking watch. If Kirk wins, though, he's going to get a lazy boy recliner. Now, I like how the prizes fit each guy, actually, because Lonnie was wearing like necklaces. Yeah, he's flashy. Yeah, and he's flashy and the lazy boy for, <laughs> like, for Kirk, the older one. Yeah, he just wants to sit in his chair at yeah. home. Uh, back to ringside now where the fans are strapped in and ready. <laughs> it looks very WWE. It's very strapped in. Yep. You're absolutely right. We get some very proud music now as Lonnie... Bart Simpson makes his way out. Did he think that name up? It's so stupid. Whoever did shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he's got a helmet cam called the Grudge Cam. Just why? Why? What was the fascination with helmet cams they in the really early 90s? really were obsessed with this. Like, it's a unique vi- view. Jesse even says it. They always look like shit. The yeah. resolution sucks. They Remember realize when- this shit sucks, like... By 1995, even. Remember when Nick Patrick had one for a yeah, while? Yeah, I know. They tried it with... It, but it wasn't... Like, that wasn't an exclusive WCW thing. No, no. It was like... Didn't every, hockey do it Every or fucking sport was doing this yeah. bullshit. They're like, we got a mini camera. We can put it in stuff. Who cares? Yeah. You know what put I mean? Put in the refs cam. They yeah. did that, too. They did do that. You're right. Captain Kirk Gardner makes his way out now in the blue trunks. Captain Kirk. Get it? Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Jesse compares... Captain Kirk over here to Michael and Leon Spinks. Stop dignifying this. Jesse's so like serious about this. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. He looks like he knows his way in and out of the ring. The fans cheer probably because they're told to. There's probably a big applause sign. And wait a second. Wait, 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 wait a second now. Michael 
buffer is the ring announcer? Somehow, they're always looking to make a buck, this guy. Like, anything he can get into. That's I, amazing. I swear. What a get for you them, know, though. It, you know also if Michael Buffer rejected that Bruce Buffer would have been doing it. <laughs> you know it. You know this. Was Bruce Buffer already a ring announcer by 91? If he wasn't, this would have been a great way to enter. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Anyway, here. Buffer runs down the fucking like commissioner and the deputy commissioner like this is real. Our matches are sanctioned by Amateur Rank Sports. Games Commissioner Gary Ganaway, Deputy Commissioner Liz Perko. The officials assigned as quarterman, Pete Steinfeld for Lonnie, and his brother Andy Steinfeld will be with Kirk. Now, the Steinfelds. Yes. Pete was the more notable of those two, and he, they're like fitness people and occasional actor, Pete. But you know who their uh, brother was? Oh. Remember? Body by Jake. Big brother Jake. I can't tell you how excited I am to be the first to congratulate you on your wise choice of purchasing the new firm plate. That's their brother. Oh. So now you know. So they're, now they're just, they're the nobodies. Yeah, right? they're the no. other Steinfelds. Ugh. We got the other Albert. We got the other Steinfelds. This show is very secondary. Very other. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the match, you're going to win the championship belt from the ring girl, Teresa Ring. <laughs> yes, her name's Teresa Ring. Now that's actually her real name. And she was, um, a model, and she was also on The Price is Right. Oh, she was. After this, yeah, as one of the Barker oh, she beauties. She like a, a, a Price is Right girl. Yeah. Now, the referee is John Panette. All fat. This guy is a big boy. Now, um, if you never heard of him, he is actually a comedian, a fat comedian. Like, he looks like Louis Anderson or something. More bigger than that. Yeah. And his act was about the fact that he was fat. Oh, was I fat. see. I'm at McDonald's near my house, and there's like 12 people in line. Now, they know me there. I jump behind the counter. I work the fries. I get it moving. <laughs> I've been employee of the month twice. I don't work there. But. He's actually funny. I've seen some of his stand He's no longer alive, unfortunately. Aww. I've seen some of his stand-up. I actually really like it. He is also the fat guy that gets attacked in the Seinfeld finale. Remember that they're filming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then they go to jail because yes. they good bystander law or whatever. The Good Samaritan, yeah. yeah. That's John Panette is the fat guy. Now, that's Seinfeld, not Steinfeld. You're Steinfeld? Yeah. Anyway, let's get ready to rumble. I hate all of this, I by the way. Just... Noting. <laughs> so anyway, this, is, this stinks, Joe. Introducing first from Detroit, weighing 155 pounds, Lonnie Bart Simpson. His opponent, also from Detroit, weighing 195 pounds, Captain Kirk Gardner. The nicknames are next level lame. They really like, are dopey. Holy shit. You know some dork wad producer thought of those. It's not that or they said, what's your nickname? I don't even think so. I think they think they're clever. The, the writers, I thought they were the, They seem like contestant things. Maybe. We're all just guessing here. John Panette, though, gets everyone all set with his New England accent. His shirt is so big. I know. Like, it's so big. I like him. Yeah. He's like, all right, guys, let's have a nice clean round of boxing. No hitting below the belt, any of that stuff. All right, guys, let's have a nice clean round of boxing. No hitting below the belt, any of that stuff. And they touch gloves here. We get a tale of the tape, mm -hmm. which Jesse runs down like it's Hogan Andre at WrestleMania 3. All serious. Well, let's go to the tale of the tape. Simpson, 26 years old, 5'9", 155, works in accounting. Gardner, 29 years old, 6 feet, 195. He's a cameraman. The rules, by the way, because this matters. There's a standing eight count. Okay. <laughs> There's no three knockdown rule. Oh, Inf that's important. Infinite knockdowns. Yeah. Only the referee can stop the fight. There's no nods from the judges or anything like okay. that. You cannot be saved by the bell. It's not all right. Okay? okay. And the audience chooses the winner. So we get a bell and the fight begins here. And they each take big wild swings at each other with these ridiculous gloves. No man gets the advantage. This is so dumb. Joe, 
there's like nothing to call because they're just like flailing. There's yeah, like there's not, not just like the whole time. There's not that much to call here. Yeah. Jesse references Thomas Hitman Hearns over here. As, <laughs> again, it's not real. Uh, side headlock by Lonnie. <laughs> Pinette breaks it up. We hit the 10 second mark already as Lonnie gets an overhand right, shoots the headlock again. End of round one and Kirk lands a shot at the bell. What the hell is that round? It was like 30 seconds. It wasn't even a minute, right? It's so dumb. <laughs> anyway, we get the Matt stats here and Kirk did win the landing percentage 38 to 33. Who I'm sure, cares? I'm sure that matters when yeah. there's no judges that matter. Uh-huh. It's now time for the glop and dust filled fire extinguishers. How did this air? <laughs> it's horrible, Joe. What is the target demo for this? Okay. Stoners? So this is this is my actually I don't think this is on late. This to me is a classic show that's on at about 2:30 2 in, in the, the afternoon. afternoon on Saturday yep. on some syndicated channel yep. that is like the kid like me who just got done mowing the lawn and doesn't want to fucking do anything else right? and just turns this on. You're absolutely right. Folks, that, this if, is this is that target demo. I think you're right. If you watch this, let us know what time and what channel Yep. Uh, and what day of the week it was on in your neighborhood. Uh, so anyway, they fucking scored her way here with these fire extinguishers while wearing face shields. Jesse and Steve Albert get sprayed, even though there's this giant clear screen in front of them. Mm-hmm. They still get the crap on them. And Jesse, of course, calls all of this straight, even though it's pure BS. Like nothing. They're just spraying each other. Like nothing. Nothing else is happening. I love that he can't let go in a good way. He can't let go of like the kayfabe in him to like. Yeah. To pretend like it matters, you know what I mean? Look at that, Lonnie's going up underneath the mask and scoring inside. He needs to switch extinguishers, though. I like that he's doing that, (laughs) because Steve Albert's not. Steve Albert doesn't give a fuck. No, Steve Albert knows this is horseshit. (laughs) He's getting a paycheck. Yeah. Panette gets shot with the goop as well, as Kirk gets the advantage by grabbing a fresh fire extinguisher. (laughs) Uh, Steve Albert reminds us, it's not just water in there, you know, it's glop. What is this double there? Yes, like it, it's basically that. <laughs> it is with adults. With adults, yeah. uh, we get a bell as some attendant slides into the ring to help clean up. The ring is all fucked up yep. now. Teresa Ring holds up the round <laughs> round three. <laughs> Teresa <sign>. Ring <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse's like, "Yeah, I know what you're going for, Steve." We watch Teresa Ring. Yeah, I know what you're going for, Steve. I love him. <laughs> uh, it's now tar and feather time. Whose shitty idea was this show, Joe? It's hideous. It's really something, isn't it? If, yeah. we're, if we're really being honest here. Oh, my God. It's I know. just slop. The show. Just slop. Uh, they're going to battle with squirt bottles of chocolate and goose feathers. Neat. I don't even know what, what to say about that. What happened to the actual that. tar? They well, said tar and feathers. It's chocolate. It's chocolate and feathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Lonnie charges out with the bottle, quickly slips on his ass. He shoots for a single leg, gets right back up, though, shoved up by Kirk, and he gets Lonnie down. Lonnie with a squirt, but Kirk with a takedown, and he dumps the feathers on him. And Kirk with a nice noogie there. <laughs> by the way, this, like, all of this, Joe, this is, like, super sloppy day at my camp. Well, like, there was a one day of the year where there was a super sloppy day. There was, like, events where, like, you sprayed each other with shit, and everyone got all messed up. What was it called? Super sloppy day. Or it was also called, like, Spirit Week, and one of the days of the week was the sloppy day where everyone had to do this shit, basically. This is, like, literally, like, camp ideas on, you, on a TV show. Did you eat Sloppy Joe's on that day? No, it, it was more about just getting people sloppy. You were throwing slop at people. And then at the end, the counselors would get all messed up, and then everyone, everyone would have a good laugh. Oh, look, the adult, the figures. They're like you know, 16. The, the role adults, models are getting all fucked up, but we're like mentors. seven. Yeah. So it's like, ha ha, you know? Okay. Uh, Lonnie's back up, though, with a nice feather dump. Jesse laughs. This is absolutely insane here. Yeah. So they roll around in the feathers for a bit as we count down for the round. Kirk with a squirt of chocolate, and he gets 
gets his brother down. He feathers him, leading Steve Albert to say, A facial by Captain Kirk. A facial by Captain Kirk. Lonnie with a reverse bucket dump as we get a bell. And we get a replay of the action here before going up to Michael Buffer, who says, we'll know who won in just a minute. I think Kirk won, if that's even possible. We all lost watching this, but, <laughs> you know. So we go to break. We come back to the grudge match arena here where John Panetta is standing with the two brothers. Michael Buffer says the, the decision by 76 to 24 percent. The winner is in the blue corner. Captain Kirk. Anyway, Gardner gets his shitty belt from Teresa Ring. It's like a weightlifting belt, Joe. Like, come on. Like, even try. Not even a championship belt. Nope. It's just literally it's like just a, weightlifting a weightlifting belt. belt that they put, they glittered the logo on or something. It's exactly what it is with a stencil or something. Yeah, it's horrible. Anyway, Jesse now interviews Lonnie, the loser. Uh, Jesse thinks the fight was a lot closer than the audience said. Lonnie's like, yeah, it was tough, but I hung in there and I won all three rounds. See, he is a heel. Uh, to Kirk now, where Jesse compliments Kirk, says they put on one hell of a fight. And Jesse gets in the shake hands and we end the grudge. Was there ever really a grudge? They're like laughing and shit. I know. Like, no. there's no, there was nothing. This is just a way to get on TV. Yeah. You make 250 bucks. Hey, each tell for, us a story about how you got mad at That's each all other. it is. Yeah. You make money for being on this. They pay you. True. Not bad. Back to Steve Albert, who makes dandruff jokes. Uh, um, looking like heroin Seinfeld over here with that hair. <laughs> we now throw to David Grandy in his very 1991 living room. Yes, very. Striped couch, yep. little CRT in the corner. Yep. Now, his grudge is with his sister, Karen. <laughs> She's, David says that she begged him for his video camera while she was vacationing in Europe. And my grudge is with my sister, Karen, who begged me to borrow my video camera for her trip to Europe. And while she was there, she lost it. We cut to Karen now, who's in her 1991 living room fireplace stereo speaker. Yep. She says that she was probably careless, but you know what? I was in Europe. Probably a little bit careless, but it, uh, seeing the things in Europe, doing the things in Europe, were just, that was what was precedent on my mind. She sounds like a big jerk. She's like, fuck you. I'm on vacation. Like, like no caring about her brother in any way. She lost his shit. I know. Like, what the, it, and, and like, here's the thing is a video camera in 1991 is really expensive. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a major purchase. Like, it's like losing your car. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what the hell, dude? Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And David says pissed because she lost it early on in the trip. She didn't even call him. And she's she's like, I didn't want to call him because I was in fucking Europe. And she can't buy him a new one because she maxed out her credit cards. That's her excuse. She's a heel. Yeah. She's definitely a heel. And what does she max him out on? Not his camera. No, Europe. Yeah. David says it was very expensive. It was one of those palm-sized ones. Yeah, which are, you know, they're again, very advanced in the 90s. Very expensive, Douglas. Yep. Karen says that he's just mad because it got to go to Europe and he didn't. You're probably just mad because it got to go to Europe and you didn't. Fucking Karen. So mean. <laughs> anyway, <Damn> it, Karen. <laughs> I would say David is a little... He's a little prick, too, yeah, though, right? he doesn't seem great, I either. Like, I don't like this family I in general. I don't like either of them. If, if any of you are related to them, we're sorry that you're relatives They're listening such right now. <laughs> it, it was many years ago. Maybe they've changed their ways. They better have yeah. 30 years later. Anyway, he just can't believe her carelessness. He's, mm-hmm. I'm going to kick her ass. All right, fine. She's like, you can't run to mama this time. Please stop. So uh, Pete Steinfeld now. We cut to him hyping up David Senator Grandy backstage. Why with that nickname? I don't even like what. Who is Senator Grandy? Who are they referencing? This is a great one. There was a Fred Grandy who became a senator. Who cares? <laughs> Good point. They think they're clever. Anyway, Pete Steinfeld <laughs> hypes up David Senator Grandy here. Meanwhile, Andy Steinfeld is with 
Handy Karen Grandy, who was on an exercise Another bike. Hideous name, but what it's a, it's better than Senator Grandy. Is it Handy Grandy? Handy Grandy. The Grandy Man. Yeah. Anyway, to Paula now in the gallery of weapons. I already want to turn the show off. Yeah, it's it's really bad. For round one, they're gonna be wearing inner tubes. Okay. At this point, nothing surprises me. Why is Paula dressed like a weather lady or something? Like, did you notice <laughs> that her outfit was like bothering me? It was like too much for what this is. I think she was a news lady in yeah, real life or something yeah, like that. I, I swear she could have like run off to the 10 o'clock, like 11 o'clock news after this or something. She was on something. Entertainment Tonight maybe? I forget. Yeah. She was on something. Yeah. The writers were on something yeah. too with this show. Anyway, for round two, they're going to be throwing tomatoes with tennis racket shields. What the fuck? And in round three, they're going to throw fruit pies at each other with scoops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's High Lie. Oh, um, excuse me. And I only right, know what High Lie is because there's an episode of Mad Men where <laughs> there's this one fucking rich kid and he and he tries to like, he's using his fortune to try to push High Lie. And like, there's like an ethical issue of because they all know it's bullshit and it right. won't succeed that if they should take his money because he's willing to pay them like millions way too of, much money. Way, like way over even for them. And they're right. like, Don's like, sh- like this is kind of fucked up. Like, should we? And Pete's like, let's just take his money, man. Like, uh, who cares? And like, there's like this dispute over it. When Don is the moral compass, watch yeah, out, like you it's know? the rare Don, like who's <laughs> terrible. Like, yes. it's like even this is this shit's even too much for me, man. This is <laughs> fucked up. Paula Mooney over here says it should be a pretty sweet round. Uh, the prize here is $750. Really not even a grand. They could have just like a little bit extra. I mean, just for David's trouble. I know it's the camera, but still. Not even a grand for the grandies? Yeah. Handy I'm just grandy. saying, he deserves an extra, what, $350 here just yeah, for his or trouble? Yeah, $250. Yeah, sure. Uh, the contestants are already in the ring as Buffer does the introductions here. If you're interested, David weighs 125. Karen weighs 128. That's a close one, Quinn. And they're both from Northridge, California. So Somehow Karen is bigger than David. Yeah, she is. John Panette's funny here. He's like, uh, if there's any problems during the match, just let me know. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. that's what, like, <laughs> what problems? <laughs> yeah. Got any problems, let me know. Come talk to me. We'll take care of it. Uh, if there's any problems during the match or anything, just let me know. Jesse runs down the tail of a tape. David is 25, and he's a chauffeur. Karen is 26, and she's a manicurist. Steve Albert, she's a manicurist who looks to nail him. I hate it. I hate this. I hate it so much. This show stinks. Handy grandy. Uh, each contestant gets their inner tubes on. I can't believe I'm saying this. And <laughs> We've what- called a lot of bullshit oh before. This is very bullshit. By the way, these inner tubes, it's like five or six of them stacked <laughs> together yeah. and they wear it like a suit. <laughs> what happened? Why didn't they just have the Yokozuna suits? That's Were what they it not should be. invented yet? They probably didn't have the money to buy them. Uh-huh. Uh, we get Karen's grudge cam here and we see her brother charging at her to start. Karen stays put though and Karen with a takedown. Back up, jogging for position. Nice takedown by David. Karen back up, collar and elbow. Takedown again by David. Back up again. Panette separates them. Side headlock by Karen, but the tires are in the way for her to get the full grip. This is just dumb. And Jesse trying to talk about how they're wrestling. Remember the inner tube match in WF that time? Because I don't. Yeah, WrestleMania like, 6, right? The yeah. inner tube match. <laughs> sure. Stupid. Hogan Warrior and the inner tube match. Yeah. I remember it. They both go down as round one ends. Uh, we now get the t- <laughs> tomato and tennis rackets. Don't forget the net, Joe. There's, and the a, net. there's a net. It's like tennis. <laughs> yeah. This is a real thing. Andy is giving Karen tips in the corner, right? Yeah. <laughs> you literally hear him say, throw the tomato. <laughs> what a fucking genius this guy is. <laughs> Horrible. Jesse calls him a sadist. 
we get a bell, so are the writers, and uh, these guys have to stand in opposite corners. Mm-hmm. I hate everything. <laughs> nice left-handed throwing by David against his right-handed sister. Nice block by David with the tennis racket. Good shot by Karen Connects. David fires back, though. Neither Grandy seems to have the advandy. Or the upper handy. What a dandy. Good defense. <laughs> Who are you to d- doubt Kevin Grandy? Yeah. Or Good. Karen Grandy. Yeah, either. either <laughs> The dandy Grandies. Hideous. <laughs> Good defense. <laughs> what are we calling? What are we I don't doing? Uh, overshot tomato by David and we get a bell. This is nothing but a food fight. Why is this on TV, Joe? Like, why? I was trying to think of ways to, like, to justify that, right? Because if you think of some of the crap that was on TV, uh-huh. doubled there. But see, that's a game show. It's for children. And it's for this kids, This is right? geared at adults. Like, everyone was an adult. Did you notice right, this? Yeah. yeah. Supermarket sweeps. Mm-hmm. Very odd show, if you think about it. But this trumps them all. I mean, this, this is insane. It's because the events is, like, there's nothing happening, right? It's just, like, they're just doing things. And it's it's not, like... There's not much activity. There's not moving around. They're just standing there throwing tomatoes. And like poorly. Yeah. Everything is done poorly. Yeah, it's just bad. It's people I falling think, I think around what it is, is getting the, dirty. Usually it's it's not even just writers. There's probably like a coordinator on a lot of these shows who thinks up the events. Yes. Yeah. It's like the events have no imagination. I think yeah. that's the big problem, right? Nothing here is creative or anything right. like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jesse says that this is a pick em. How? <laughs> There's nothing to pick. Pick something else to watch. Pick your nose. <laughs> a girl in the audience holds up a tomato that she caught here. As the match stats very helpfully tell us that Karen won the landing percentage on the tomatoes. Good. 55 to 40. I don't care. <laughs> to the fruit section here, uh, where John Panette is shown eating, of course. That was bound to happen. The fat joke. Get it. We get a bell, and they use very large scoops to throw the shit at each other here. The highlight. Yeah, I know, Quinn. Highlight, Jeff. <laughs> it's important. Karen says fuck it and just uses her hands, but David fires back. Who is even winning any of this? <laughs> this is nothing. Yeah. This is literally what 10-year-olds do to, each, do to each other at camp. There isn't winning here, though. Like, there's no. not a... Like, there isn't. That's what I hate about all of it. I could see them judging a winner for the boxing round. Right. That I get. But they can't box as a girl and a boy. So they're, they're never going to let right? that happen, right? Yeah. So they slide around here, but Karen seems like she might have the advantage, Quinn. I don't know. David comes over to Karen's area, and she locks in a headlock, taken down by Karen, banana in the face. Karen looks like she's got this one in the bag. And David looks all sad. Now, by the way, again, with the gender in this intergender situation, yeah. like, is this like an unfair advantage? Because David, you know, his mother's probably watching, like, he's not going to, like, headlock his sister on national television. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I would if she was my sister. I, I'm just saying, it's like his mom's going to be like, why would you do that to her? Do you think his mom's even watching this bullshit? Of course they are, because they got on TV. So David's thinking to himself, I can't like physically do anything to my sister other than throw shit at her. So he's just letting her do whatever? I, what, what else choice does he have? I because, don't know. Because his parents are going to get up his ass about it. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like his, your parents, like if, if if you had a sister and if you're the boy, if you beat up your sister, you would like your parents would be so mad at you. It's not right. Even not when you're in your 20s. I don't know. You're getting paid to do it. You're always their kid, Joe. I, <laughs> you're always their kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Any other uh, helpful advice just, we can just give pointing, everyone Just here? pointing out that, that David's at like kind of like a disadvantage Built when, it, in. when it become when it comes to like the physical actually fighting I, each other. I got that. That's all. Okay. We go up to Michael Buffer now who says, we'll be back. Okay, hi, we're back. And the winner 
by 64 to 36% is Karen Grandy. Yep, it was the headlock that put her over, by the way. Yep. Like, definitely. This is what I mean. She got him down, yep. and she put the banana right in his face. Mm-hmm. Pretty handy from the Grandy. It was a dandy. Uh, so she gets $750, and David's- For stealing David's camera. Yeah, and David still doesn't have a camera. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. <laughs> so, much, this? so much justice here, right? That's bullshit, man. Yeah. So Jesse's with the loser, David Grandy. He looks like Jason Sensation, weirdly, when he's all like sloppy. <laughs> Did you notice this? Yes, he does a little bit. Uh, and Jesse calls out David for getting put in the headlock by the end. It's, it's bullshit, man. <laughs> it's like, you let your sister put you in a headlock, you little asshole. Yeah. And David's like, oh, the crowd was pulling for her the whole time. They went for the girl. It's all bitter. <laughs> yeah. David seemed extra bitter here. Neither of these are likable people, yeah. right? In all yeah. seriousness. His sister was kind of a jerk, too. Yeah, they're both mean. Yeah. Uh, Jesse is now with Karen, who, of course, is all happy. And we get a handshake and a hug to settle the grudge. It was a fake grudge, anyway. <laughs> I know, right? They're definitely, like, the shitty acting before they started. Horrible. Horrible. Back to Steve Albert to introduce our next package here. First, we got William Cooper, who's outside of his car near a bush. He, t- <laughs> he tells us that he lent his best friend, Jim Budner, $500. Jim and I had been friends for many years when I lent him $500 that my wife and I needed to move to California. Cut to Jim, who has Ron Blair's 1977 hair and look it up. He says he couldn't pay it back at the time, right? right. But a few months later, he went to California. The whole idea was he was going to find William. He was going to pay him back, right? right? I was young. I tried to pay back the money right away. I couldn't. However, William and his wife had moved out of their hotel much quicker than they expected because they didn't have the money. Back to Jim, who says, look, I gave the money to William's older brother, but I ran into some trouble with an ex-girlfriend back east. I had to go. By the way, I love that detail. Ex-girlfriend back, back east. east. And he says William's brother gave him the money. However, a year and a half later, he finds out that William's brother spent it on other things. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Yeah. The older brother is the asshole here. I think so. How are they even having a grudge? Like, right. Where's he, by the way? Where's the brother who stole William's right. money? What the fuck? Like, Jim gave him the money thinking, well, it's his brother. So this right? is... Like, what? This is a very conflicting one, Quinn, because this is very complex and a lot of depth in this one because Jim, in his mind, he's like, I gave it to William's brother to give it to him. Right. William, in his mind, thinks like this that Jim jerk didn't, him over. Yeah, this jerk didn't give me my money back. But it's really this third party that's not even on the show, by the way. We'll just spoilers. Driving, not even fucking here. Driving a wedge between two longtime friends. Now ex-best friends, according to the show. Hopefully they can settle this grudge. Mm-hmm. Backstage now with Andy Steinfeld and William the Conqueror Cooper. Horrible. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jungle Jim Budner does some... Because, of course, Jungle Jim. Gotta go there, right? <sighs> horrible! <laughs> to Paula now in the Gallery of Weapons. So for round one, we're using the traditional oversized gloves. <laughs> I love that that's now the traditional <laughs> because of the first match. <laughs> that's, that's the traditional. That's the traditional. Uh, round two, however... <laughs> they're gonna wear garbage cans over their heads yeah but they look like like it's they have little holes in the eyes yeah, they so they look like fucking robots or something like Futurama you know what I mean? or yeah, something you know what I'm saying like yep and in round three they're gonna have a tug of war over a pool of chocolate slime please end this know, this is getting to be too much how many times can you watch people fall over in chocolate yeah it already happened We've basically already- <laughs> with, the, with the feathers thing and, and the other t- with the throwing the shits it's just yeah. enough already anyway the prize so why was the first one a watch and a chair, and this is just cash. I, I think that they only had a prize for the first thing, and then the rest of them is just whatever's in the kitty. Like, Maybe. You know? The kitty, good word. Yeah. Uh, anyway, to the ring where the ex-best friends are set for action. First, we go to break. We come back to Michael Buffer. 
So introducing first from St. Paul, Minnesota, weighing 170 pounds is William the Conqueror Cooper and his opponent from Westport, Connecticut, weighing in at 195 pounds, Jungle Jim Budner. Again, I can't with these names. They're horrible. Meanwhile, a PHL 17 logo appears. Oh, they aired this garbage? Yes, so. So I got that channel growing up because of where I lived. I got the Philly and the New I York. I remember that logo. I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the Channel 11 Philly equivalent. I see. You know what I mean? Kind Or some shit like that. I don't remember. 17. Very 17. What a weird number. In general or for TV? For TV. I just, I don't what remember. What strikes you odd about it? I don't remember ever turning to Channel 17 for anything of, oh, I did. of importance. 17? 17. Didn't it just seems like UPN? an off number. No, remember. UPN was like nine. Well, there was my nine, and there was also yeah. They they like remember that weird era where UPN was interchangeable with my nine. Yeah, like it would switch halfway through the day. Nine, and then yeah, there like, was there they were would things. change like the logo and stuff. And then that don't even get me started on when CW, CW but CW was only the prime time, but it was my nine at fucking during the day or so. Like it was so confusing. Don't forget the WB network. Like why was everyone sharing nine? Like, why was Channel 9 shared? It was a very generous network. Yeah. WWORs. Anyway, Pinnacles, everyone's situated here. They t- What are we even talking about in this Nothing. anymore? Nothing happens on this show. On our show or this show? On this show. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it's time for the tale of the tape here. Cooper is 29 and he's a car salesman. Now, Steve Albert shits on like the fact that he's a car salesman. I'm like, what a dick. Like, <laughs> Steve Albert's like so mean Look at this. your career. <laughs> look what he, Steve look what Albert you're doing is doing right now. And you're going to crap on this, like, normal guy who's just a car salesman? Like, is he serious? With his hair, by the way? Yeah. And if, I know that he's, like, feeding into the, like, oh, car salesmen uh, yeah, are dishonest or whatever the fucking media says. But, yeah. Media? I mean. I, I know. I, I just mean it's, like, a common trope It's or a whatever. trope. Yeah. Trope. Yeah. Uh, Budner is 25 and he's a student. We get a bell. Bunner charges right away. Big swings by Bunner. Cooper fires back there with the right and a knockdown with the left hook Whoa. by Cooper. The rare. The rare. Back up. More rights by William and a few left hands, but Jim fires back. William's fine. I can't believe Jim is losing this somehow. He's like, bigger. I, Jim looked like he would kick his ass. The long rock star hair I mean, and everything. They're, they're not that much different in size. Jim's a little taller. Jim's a little taller. They're, they're both they're both pretty like beefy. Beefy. Husky yeah. Harris's. Yeah, it's just, it, I think it's just that William's shorter that it appears like he's smaller, but maybe he's the stronger of the two. It's mm. possible. Sometimes size can be deceiving, Michael. Yeah. Uh, we uh, get a few more swings here and then a bell. Teresa Ring is now wearing like practically lingerie. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, that was, that escalated. Like the, at the beginning, she's just wearing like you know, one piece bathing suits, like the kind of cover your midriff, but she's now she's pro- just, in a, she's progressively getting more risque as it's going on. Too bad there's not a round four, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, Steve, Steve Albert, and here's looking at you, and Jesse, now don't get nasty, Steve Albert. And here's looking at you. Now don't get nasty, Steve Albert. I don't know why you always got to do that. Let's go to the stats and not her stats. <laughs> Jesse saying Steve Albert is weird, by the way. Yep. Uh, William won the landed percentage 55 to 44. He like had to with the knockdown. Oh, he yeah. kicked his ass. Yeah. Uh, next up, wear trash cans on your fucking heads, okay? This is literally the dumbest shit we have ever reviewed, Joe. I think this... Trash cans on your heads fighting. There was that one Power Rangers wrestling show that we did a while back that was pretty bad. Remember, it was like Power Rangers, but with wrestlers. Oh, right. This is up there, though, in the pantheon of the dumbest shit we've ever done. This is definitely dumb. So, 
like we said, the garbage cans do have a cutout for the eyes. Knocked down by Cooper right away here, and a nice spearing technique by the Conqueror. And the Conqueror is just conquering. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, he tries for another knockdown, and he gets it! We have a bell to end round two. Meanwhile, Steve Albert notes that Jesse Ventura is a mayor in Minnesota. Oh, that's already happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is just a side hustle for Jesse at this point? This is what the mayor of Brooklyn Park, Minnesota decided to do with his spare time. Anyway, Cooper is kicking all kinds of ass here in these rounds. So, okay, it's time to have a tug of war with a big puddle of chocolate shit in the middle. Budner, the bigger of the two, easily wins this one. Mm-hmm. He gets Cooper through the glop, and then down goes Panette! Down goes Panette! Yeah, they, they make a big deal about this. The fat guy's in the goop. Yep, of course. Uh, front face lock by Cooper, though. Chocolate shot. Both men roll around. Budner's on the mat. Cooper and Budner are openly laughing at this point as we yeah. get a bell to end the fight. <laughs> the worst conceived thing on TV I've seen in a while. Yeah, though. it is, isn't it? But I like that the two guys are just laughing openly. Because they don't really have a... Nobody has any... All yeah. the feuds are fake. Like, it's so obvious because the acting was so bad in it's, the pre-thing. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, we get a replay of Panette rolling around in the chocolate as we go to Michael Buffer for the decision. And the winner by 60% to 40% is William the Conqueror Cooper. Neat. So Jesse goes over to talk to Jim and Jim's like, yeah, this is hard. Yeah, he barely even cares. <laughs> He's like happy. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is hard. Yeah. Uh, Jesse goes to William now, and he says, you know, I like you because you're also from Minnesota, and he compliments William's boxing ability. Jesse asks for a handshake, and we get a handshake to settle the grudge along with a high five. Nothing matters at all. Steve Albert says, we will be back with closing comments. About what? People got sloppy, grudges were settled, like, what Like what are they going to say? <laughs> closing comments? I can't believe that they need to, like, pad this with happy talk at the end. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Happy talk. Uh, so we're back where Steve Albert and Jesse are with Paula now. Yeah. And she's like, I'm ashamed to be standing between the two of you. <laughs> I'm pretty ashamed to be standing between both of you, really. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because it just came out of, like, context. Yeah. Like, I, get, I I had to, like, pause it to understand what she meant. Because like, they were all it, sloppy. Yeah. But, but like, it was, just, it, that was like the first, Paula just blurts out, <laughs> I'm ashamed to be part of this. Like, it's like. <laughs> so Jesse is still talking about William's boxing ability. Playing it completely straight, like not even like, he's like, that's one of the best left hooks I've ever seen or whatever. What? It's you know, like, Steve Albert, that was one of the best things I've ever seen in the history of the show. Yeah. It's like the third <laughs> show. History. History. Anyway, you can get your own grudge match t-shirt if are you want to. Are we serious with the merch? Oh God, now people are going to go find this, that Good. we said this. Send them to us. Yeah. P.O. Box 1040, 1040, uh, Agora Hills, California, 91376, only $15, but next up here, Lassie. <laughs> That's the perfect way to end this fucking Lassie. Lassie. Uh, uh, God, this was like Double Dare meets the People's Court. <laughs> what the fuck was it? I could see, though, it's interesting you said this earlier, wanting to watch this on like a lazy Saturday or, after or something. after you did some yard yep. work or something. Exactly. It was definitely strange, pointless, empty calories. In all seriousness, how did this air? I don't know. Just a complete waste of time. It seems like something even beneath like Jesse. I know. Which is saying a lot because he'll do anything. Remember he did the Blizzard people, whatever that was later. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> What a complete scene. Complete scene. Yeah. So I could see wanting to watch this once, but why would you watch this weekly in all seriousness? Like, yeah, the first time I saw this, I'd be like, I'll just flip to the other syndicated trash that's right. on it fucking too. What an like, odd yeah. show. Folks, let us know if you really did see this, because it's possible people did. It was off my radar. I didn't know it existed until mm-hmm. Richard brought it to my attention, but if you did watch it, let us know why. Yep. <laughs> let, let us, us know, know why baby. you watched it. And anyway, that'll do it for this season of OVP. 
we really do want to thank you and on a real actual serious note we want to thank you guys for all of your support it really mm-hmm. is wonderful thank you um it's really great to have people that look forward to tuning into this show tuning in to listening to this show every single monday and for that we are forever grateful yeah We're thank you very much that. keep spreading the word if you don't mind it let them know that you like ovp if you could also leave a review if you haven't yet on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast that would also be appreciated and a reminder that you can find a more content on patreon.com slash ovp podcast but thank you guys so much for another wonderful season as mentioned next week's a break it'll be a good one don't you worry and in two weeks we'll be back for a brand new season of ovp until that time enjoy the blooper reel i'm joe Morata. that's michael quinn and we are out of here see ya Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 255, Monday, January the 17th, 2022. Quinn, you awake over there? Let's redo that. Oh. Sorry. I I don't want to get the yawn on there. That's bad. All right. Yeah. Blooper reel. How you doing there, Michael? Perfect timing. All right. I'll get my throat there. Edit that out. Joe, edit this out. Anyway, um, the Raw Dump. No. (laughs) Monday Night Raw. Now, Vince says that even if this brings out the worst in the attitudes from a stand... From a stand. Over at Facebook.com slash... Sorry. What have I got today? And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 257. Thanks for... Just don't be what, Quinn? Don't be a dingus. Now, wait. How many times now? Sorry. I only have to say this like four more times ever. I don't know. (laughs) Just write a script or something. Yeah, with with four left to go, now I'll write a script. You should have wrote this on a notepad years ago. Like three years ago when we started. Yeah. And these are really... These are really nice. They're very good, <laughs> and we recommend them. But don't watch the wrong don't. don't. Don't watch the fucking wrong. We don't even have to get get off now. <laughs> this won't be in it. It's, this is for you. There you go. We're cutting in to tell you shut, shut this up. off. Shut it up. Shut it up. Shut it off. Stoyven, shut the shit. I will delete this. Just putting a stink bug into my cup here. Oh, good job. Thanks. <laughs> oh God. Why did you do that? Why did you? Russell him. I don't know. From one big red machine to another. Mm-hmm. No, that's Cincinnati. He's from Cleveland. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>